Hey, we're back with another one, and boy, do we got a podcast for you. This is Brent with the Exchanges Podcast in conjunction with Current Issues Discussion Group. And this is a podcast dedicated to bringing all types of people together to go ahead and have a conversation about anything and everything under the sun. Uh, We do try to stick to current issues, but we get into some heady topics too. Either way, like I said, man, this podcast is definitely a good one. We cover the NFL protests, the UN Summit with our buddies Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump and what they had to say with that. We cover universal basic income and the United States education system. We have uh, quite a few people at this one, too. I think there was like maybe seven people around the table in total. And the conversation did get a bit feisty, but it was good. It was good because we were all passionate about our ideas and our beliefs and what we had to say about all of these issues. I want to go ahead and thank, per usual, uh, Savannah, Helene, Matt, uh, Kwaku, who actually came back. Uh, Kwaku was gone for a minute, uh, making a lot of money out there, got himself a new job, doing his thing. But thank you for coming back again, uh, Kwaku, and chilling with us and having a great discussion. Also, I want to thank Kyle for coming back out. And we had two newcomers, David and Angie. And uh, thank you guys for showing up because both of you had some awesome things to go ahead and contribute. And the discussion wouldn't have been as intriguing if you guys were not there. Oh, and don't let me forget Linda and Ed. Man, I said there were seven people in this conversation. That's like nine or ten. I'm not even really counting. But Linda and Ed, thank you guys for coming out. Linda was new. And Ed, our Vietnam vet, has been to several of our conversations. So my apologies, Ed. Thank you for coming out. And you had also a lot of awesome things to go ahead and add to this conversation. And Linda was definitely a passionate voice. I loved everything that she had to go ahead and say, too. Um, What else I got to go ahead and bring up here? I think that is about it. Should I just go ahead and get into it? Should I linger here? Should I bring up some other stuff? Well, this podcast is coming out a bit late. We had this one two weeks ago, and tomorrow we have our next one, where we're going to go ahead and talk about the Las Vegas shootings, um, artificial intelligence, and uh, the new tax codes that um, the Republican Party is trying to go ahead and push. So um, I'm a bit behind, but I'm catching up, I'm catching up. And uh, I'm looking forward to that discussion being just as amazing as this one, because uh, this one by far was definitely our most exciting one. Um, I think that's about it, guys. Should I just go ahead and get into it? Oh, I know what I always forget to do it. I always forget to do it. Please go ahead and like and subscribe our YouTube channel. Eventually, we will be on iTunes and we will be in a Google Play Store for all of you Android listeners so um you can go ahead and listen to the podcast wherever you're at i mean you can do it through youtube now but maybe you don't have a youtube red, red account and you know you can't close the app and all of that good stuff but um we're going to go ahead and be expanding this platform so um if you go ahead and smash the like button if you go ahead and subscribe that's going to go ahead and bring our channel a little bit up to the uh closer to the surface of um this type of uh podcast format and uh, people will be able to find it. We'll maybe get some more listeners, and they'll be able to spread. And um, maybe we'll go ahead and be able to bring in some more unique voices from around the world. I actually have 
one person who I'm looking to go ahead and get on here soon, maybe after the holidays, who is in Africa. I want to go ahead and get her perspective on um, the United States and um, her experiences out where she lives. So I want to be able to go ahead and bring more content to you guys from um, a wide variety of perspectives. Not just here in Atlanta, Georgia, but from all around the nation and from all around the globe. All right. I'm done going ahead and chatting you guys' ears off. Let's go ahead and get to it. See you guys on the tail end. Bada boom. Live. So yeah, each of you guys at the edge of the table here, if you want to be heard, you probably have to speak up a little bit more. Um, I do amplify this stuff a little bit later, so your voices will come in clear. Um, yeah, you guys, you have prime seating. Prime seating. Okay. I know, yeah. yeah so, um, I mean, it's free willing, you know. It's I put so it first started out as like basic uh, universal income, right? And then the stuff happened with the NFL protest. Well, well, first the stuff happened with um, the UN, right? Uh, There's a UN summit where um, you know Donald Trump had some interesting things to say. Um, the North Korean ambassador, I believe, was there. Uh-huh. He had some interesting things to say, and uh, so that prompted me to go ahead and put that down or think to go ahead and put it on the website and then we just had the whole comments by donald trump about the um nfl protest which um blew that thing up pretty big so then like the the nfl protests have been going on for a minute right like that that's not something new but um it just for some reason is suddenly well for some reason it became huge because donald trump actually you know the president of the united states actually decided to go ahead and uh, say some inflammatory comments at um alabama rally was it what is a game rally what exactly was a rally was he just showed up and decided we're gonna go talk about it He's already campaigning yeah. for his reelection. Okay, so he decided just to go to Alabama, you know, um, deep red state. His bases are talking about it. And um, so I decided to go ahead and put that on there. For a special election. He's endorsing one candidate in which the base in Alabama is endorsing the other candidate. Okay, so he was campaigning for... Yeah. Was that Luther Strange? Was that yes. that guy's name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Him. And the base yeah. is supporting yeah. the other guy. What a last name to, like, you know, go ahead yeah. and campaign on. Yeah. Strange. Well, that's a guy is who uh, took like seven the foot. The guy, uh, he, the base is supporting is the guy that, he was a judge, and he wanted to put the Ten Commandments. Yep. He didn't want, he, he did. And he, uh, and and he, he, he did. did. But they, you know, they took, you know. That he defied court order to take it down. Exactly. I thought he defied the court order on the gay marriage. No, he didn't know that. He's, he's known as the Ten Commandments Judge. The Ten Commandments Judge. What's up, Kwaku? Long time no see, man. Yeah, how's it going? Been pretty good. Hey, go ahead and grab a seat. Hey, hey, what's up, man? There you go. Thank you. Hold it So, um, sure, yeah. Uh, now we are being recorded. So, if you just want to go ahead and say your first name, go ahead and do that, or you can kind of put a pause in between both of your names. I can edit it out. But, uh, yeah. However you want to do it, but everybody knows me. I'm Brent, Brent Beek. I'm the co-organizer here, I was, uh, and um, let's go around left. I'm Kyle. Kyle. That's all I right. want to know. That's, That's, That's all, all you need, need to know. know. Yeah. I'm Kyle. I'm Kwaku. I'm Helene. Tom. Linda. What? What was that, Savannah? <laughs> Sign language. Huh? Ed. Ed. Angie. Dave. Angie and Dave. All right. All of you got that? Right? You remember that? 
No, but no, yeah. me neither, man. My, my memory's shot. My memory's shot. But um, it'll be easier for people out there listening. It'll be easier. Than like, okay, I know Dave's voice. I know Angie's voice. All right. So you know what? I mean, our original topic was going to be universal basic income. So we'll go ahead and touch on that. The last time we were talking about what is it, Montessori mm-hmm. education. I also like just plug that in there too because I thought that was really interesting. There's some there's some cool stuff that I never even heard about and knew about when you, when you were talking about the last time span. So I was like, hmm, maybe we can go ahead and talk about that too. But um, let's go ahead and uh, begin with obviously you know the 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 most inflammatory one, right? The NFL <laughs> protests. What do you have to say about that, Dave? Huh? Um, I mean, it's despicable, but it is doing exactly what Trump wants it to do, and that is. It's distracting from the Russia issue because we just had a piece of legislation passed that prevents the firing of the Russia investigator. Almost no news about that. They're all talking about this. And it's supporting the Alabama um, court nomination, which we've talked about. There's a big fight in Alabama. He wants to get something that Alabama will get around, even if other things are. So it's disgusting, it's despicable, but I don't think even Trump cares about it or is against it. I think he's just doing it to distract like he usually does and get that plug in. And it's going to work 100%. I guarantee you, it's nominee's going to take it. What's disgusting? His comments. His comments against it, and to even really bring it up. Just I mean, the it's, fact that he made comments. Right. Yeah, the president has no business no. saying anything about who should be protesting at all but you know fired in a private enterprise like the nfl the nfl is a private you know huge company but it is a private company it's Mm -hmm. not government owned at all the president has zero business saying oh you need to fire these players for saying something that they have you know the right to say or doing something they have the right to do so that on its own separate from the race issue by the way 70 percent of the players are obviously yeah and the nfl are black and and, these are they're protesting police brutality the nazis were very nice people it's racially motivated (laughs) but these guys are sons of bitches yeah yeah it's it's very obvious and it's not surprising like at all i mean so do you guys think that uh Donald Trump even really cares about this issue? Or do you think that this is just like a complete uh, political strategy? He's trying to be divisive. Yeah. Right? Distracting. I don't know if he's really that smart. So (laughs) I'm going to say that he likes to mix things up because he likes to to stir the pot. He's stirring the pot all the time because it gets him the attention that he wants. Mm, That's true. And he, he thinks that he's satisfying his little angry base. Right, he's serving his and base. And he thinks he's serving his people by saying, I'm, I promised you I was going to mix things up. And he doesn't really care how he does it. He's never cared how he's done it. He's done it in New York. He'll do it to the day he dies. He just mixes stuff up because he thinks it's fun. And he's and also he distracting from yeah. being investigated. I mean, there's that side yes. that he really doesn't care, and that's just whatever he felt like railing against on a win that morning yeah. when he was on Twitter. Or I can also see the other side where he's actually pretending to do that, and what if he's actually, you know, masterminding and he's stirring this up on purpose to ignore the Russia thing? You know, because he that's always stirs up some random thing. Like see, this. yeah, that's always it's a two competing time. Yeah, like, I a lot. There's a lot that's been happening right, in that investigation this week. Yeah, away from Russia doesn't take the investigation. It kind of does. If there's not as much pressure in media, from the public, I think he's brilliant personally. No, but that investigation is He's he's really he's got us completely. Completely distracted on something that he 
doesn't go to. He keeps the bar moving. He's discredited the liberal base. It's to the point where they're just so much trying to yell about everything that nobody pays attention to them anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes, but he lies all the time, and that's how he's discredited. Has that hurt him in any yeah, of the election people yet? People who support him don't really care. Yeah. Impeach him for it, because no. But he's he's a very good marketer. I would I would agree. He's a very good marketer. He knows how to get the media to play with him, and I get angry manipulate. Well, the thing the the, the question I have is like. How how smart is Donald Trump, right? I, I think that there's a lot of uh, theories out there of like Donald Trump playing like this like awesome you know six dimensional like chess game where um, he's um, you know being inflammatory here to go ahead and deflect from this issue while raising his base up and whatnot. And like th- all I've gotten from Donald Trump over the past like two decades is is an individual who has honed his, like, marketing sense. And, um, you know, he is an instigator. But he's also, like, at this stage in his life where he... I feel like he's on autopilot. I feel like this is, like, just stuff that he's... He's been doing for years and years and years. Which makes so him a master. Yeah. That makes so, him so, smart, so, right? But the thing, yeah. though, well, 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 there's a difference between, like, cognitively, like, doing something yeah. and intentionally doing something and you just having a certain mentality and personality about you. And I, and I have a feeling more of, like, Donald Trump is, is more of, like, on autopilot at this point. I feel like it's nothing for him to instigate and act the way he acts. So I don't know. I'm not sure that he is like that brilliant about it. So I think he's a puppet. They're all just controlling from the back. What do you say? Hold on a second. What do you say, Kwaku? He's good at distracting, but I think I watched the speech and I literally think this, in this case, it just came into his head. So it came out of his mouth. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing. Like, it was like, oh, this is a great crowd. Well, anyway, the NFL, I literally think it just... You can tell by the tone of his, his voice head, when he's... It comes out of his mouth his and he never backs down. even more horrifying because it's like, wow, where is he going with this? Like, yeah, he just... So you it think, comes in here, it comes out. So in that case, oh. you think he really thinks that? I that think he, he really does right. think mm-hmm. that, oh, yeah. I that think these football players should not be kneeling. I think what he looked in the crowd that he was speaking in front of and... It just, he, he seems like one of those people that will say anything to okay. get a cheer because it helps his ego. Well, and he looked to the crowd, came into his head, it had to come out of his mouth, and he would never back down. What and he's doing it, yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is he's talking to his base, Alabama. He's in Alabama. Sure, so Alabama is what? Who's, if you know anything about Alabama, very conservative, <laughs> sure. Bible Belt. So he knew, like, God and country and flag. So yeah. he put them all three together. Hey, I'm going to talk something about the flag. And, and, he, and he did it purposely He's because deep. he was talking to an Alabama flag, a Bible Belt sure. uh, people. He wanted them to cheer for him. Well, but, uh, when, Savannah, what did you got to say? Okay. The one thing that, that turned people off is when you call people some of you. He's a president of the United States. You don't call people some of bitch. Sure. As a president, I mean, kids are listening to this. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's what Bob was the mind. How anybody could ever, you know. Well, he also said I, a lot of other I mean, disgusting things during the election, and he still won. Okay. So, yeah. like, it's like it doesn't matter yeah. anymore in this day. Well, hold on, guys. So, like, like Savannah, what did you want to okay, say? I like what you said about the marketing itself because mm-hmm. he's always been the kind of businessman where he just wants PR, and it's like any any attention is good attention. Yeah. So he's just in this mode of like 
building his base and marketing himself and getting all this, you know, just saying what people are going to like. So in that way, you know, he's doing that on purpose. Everything else is just, like, happening. And I think a good indicator of that is, like, you know, they say even Kim Jong-un is, like, we can we almost laugh at him, like, oh, my gosh, he's crazy. But really, everything he's doing is very calculated. Whereas Trump is really, like, a wild card. Like, his, if you read things about his, his aides and his advisors and other people in the White House, are always like, yeah. You gotta keep him like what what's he gonna do? They get nervous. Like, yeah, like there was one meeting they were like, How can we keep him away from Twitter? Like, yeah. Well you saw the picture like, of John Kelly, right, at the UN. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, North Korea thing. the reporters like found his watch or saw his watch and they timed it and that was during the speech. It wasn't before and after so that you know you see his chief of staff you see just, him just oh, my yeah. God. and it's head he in his hand. Well, he does go off script. He does, he, it's dangerous. It's, 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 it's dangerous. When he's on script, it's okay. But you, you can tell what he's doing to tell Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. sure. It's Tom. It's not the sure. idea that he's actually more... So, so let's put it all together. Let's let's take it. Let's pretend like he's on autopilot at this point. Let's pretend like these words just come to him. I'm a programmer. A lot of times, like, I'm just able to flow out code. I'm not really thinking about it. I may improv a little bit. That's actually a sign of intellectualism yeah, and having learned the job. That, that makes him an extremely dangerous right. person, yeah. man. Well, no, he's not like a moron. I mean, so he's, he's the brand. You're right. And everybody's underestimated to the point. How do you think he's destroyed? I'm going to say he's destroyed the Democratic Party. They're confused. They're yeah. debating on whether to go even more extreme or yeah. to start compromising on conservative values. Mm-hmm. He way got underestimated by the Republicans, took out 16 of them when everybody was laughing at him. Yes. And then took out Hillary Clinton, who was supposed to be this walk-in president. He's brilliant. Sure. He's smarter than the average person. I don't think that he did that alone in isolation. I think that we have a, we have a tendency to attribute all these factors to one person. I mean, there's not just this one guy sitting in this, like, control room with all these levers making this stuff happen. I think that um, Donald Trump had, like, a talent, and his talent is marketing himself. And I believe there was a concerted effort and team that uh, kind of wound up the monkey and pointed it in a direction and just let it march. And they chose the right direction, the right direction being... um, you know, uh, a base of individuals the one that who can win the electoral were, college. Yeah, who, who can win the electoral college. So, I mean, that, that, that's kind of my opinion. What was his introduction into politics? The birther oh, movement. Right. Yeah. That was a test. I look into and, shit. And, and I, really, I really think it's just the fact, the reason why he was able to throw everyone into such a level of confusion is because he lowered the bar more than anyone would be yep. willing to You're throw. Up. And he scooped so up it's all not that he yeah. did anything brilliant, but if you're willing to lie and cheat and insult people on a personal level when everyone else was trying to be PC. Fight, fight, mm-hmm. you know, Hillary was talking about the issues. She was trying to talk about how would I make money or save money. And he's like, and you know, you're, you know, he would just say anything. He'd say anything. And, and I don't even think. The Republican guys go that low, and to that level, I think. I think I'd actually contradict what you said about it being a team. Everyone that he's put on his team has tried to tell him, "Come back to the base. Come back to base. Follow the rules. Follow the rules." He fires them. He goes on and marches to his own drum. Brandon, he was like. You know, we thought he was extremely crazy. And, right. And he, he didn't even... He, he didn't make it. <laughs> All right. 
So the, but remember, this messaging is not new. Um, after Barack Obama won the election in 2008, they said the same thing about the Republican Party, that um, it's outdated. It's, um, you know, ready to implode. Um, you know, things are over. The, the Democrats came in and swept um, the Senate and the House at that time. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do believe somebody said that uh, they blank the media mainly for a lot of this here. And I do think that the media has a large part in, like, constructing these narratives of, like, you know, um, either one person being some, like, you know, just born savant genius of, you know, of, of, a, politi- of a politician or, you know, there being um, maybe, um, you know, some super long game being played here. What I think a lot of this stuff is really the result of, you know, I mean, just the stars aligning. You know, you got the right person at the right moment, right, con- you know, mix of stuff in. Cool. You got a Donald Trump sitting in office. Sure. You know, it does happen that way. I think a lot of underlying things that people were thinking and mad about that's now out mm-hmm. in the open. Yeah, like having yeah. a black president for eight years. Yeah. People weren't very happy about and that, but they, they couldn't say anything. They hated every minute of it. Around and they've been in their online groups for a long time, but now they're like coming out. Because it's okay now. But they were already there. You know, and I hate to make the Hitler analogy, but. He was a laughing stock. Yeah. yeah, he was. They thought he was a joke. Like, oh, he'll never win the primaries. Oh, he'll never win the election. And it's like, well, I don't know. Maybe he'll win in 2020. Yeah, and how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah, um, so let me ask um, Angie a question. So, Angie, do you think the NFL um, owners and the, the owners of the teams care about what these players are protesting? I haven't thought about that. I thought that when I saw this kind of coming into effect, I thought the only way this is the only appropriate response is for the whole team to do it together and the owners. So I think they stood up and did the right thing. I think I'm not sure if they've thought about the issues that these players are really trying to bring attention to, but all they for sure, they know that I'm going to ally with my players and support them as a team. I don't know. Have they talked about, like, uh, black issues? I mean, has any of that been... No, it's been about and like, I, yeah. holding locking arms and unity. But my, I, yeah, my opinion is basically some owners. Jerry Jones, I don't think, was sincere about it. But he did it. Yeah, the Cowboys owner? Yeah, Cowboys owner. But he, you know, privately, he said he wanted his players not to do it. Exactly. Then he had a meeting, and they said, well, Neil, but when the anthem played, we were standing up. Yeah. Right, he found a nice and happy meeting. Yeah, but Jerry Jones, because of Dallas and because of that, uh, his, uh, Texas. I mean, they love that flag country, love it or leave it. I mean, that's what it is. You know, what do you think, Kyle? Yeah, so I, about yeah. the owners? Yeah. Um, given that the majority of NFL owners are white men, right. they just can't grasp exactly what the players are protesting. Starting with Colin Kaepernick and all the people that have come out now after Donald Trump's remarks. Um, I do think that there is some, unfortunately, there is some benefit to them allying themselves with their players, and that's kind of why they did it. I don't necessarily think they're like truly now these, like, Revolutionaries who were like, yeah, we're going to protest what, because of what the president said. It's more like in their best interest right now just to align with their players. And so I don't see it as like really sincere. But if you're an owner in the blue collar city, I guarantee you those owners want What's their benefit? 
it has a lot of difference in where, where the owner is. Where the benefit. You're a new power team yeah. like New York, Philly, you know, uh, Chicago, Detroit. I guarantee that owner is sided with. But if you're in the South, I think it's a little bit I, I don't think it's either, none of the owners are truly for it. They've caved in because it was between that or getting rid of their entire team. Who is right. the gentleman, <laughs> who, the gentleman who originally did it? Colin Kaepernick. So Colin, he went up as free agent. The northern people that you're talking about, they didn't hire yeah, him. Didn't He's unemployable as one of the best players there. in the game. Exactly. I'm sorry, that. Matt, what are you saying? Say that again. The owner didn't have to go out there. Jones didn't have to go out on the field. He could have oh. stayed upstairs. And let them do what they that want. That might have been Brad. But he went out there with them. But he's doing it against Trump's Right, I know. Not in line with standing for black protest. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's, it's also... The fact that it wasn't Trump's right to say anything. Exactly. Then it was right. because it's the well, right that the team members could fight for what they believe is right. Exactly. Right. right. So they're, they, like they're, not, yeah, they're, not, they're not worrying about... Black Lives Matter. Not so much. In fact, that the Trump should say anything. You can't tell us. Yeah. It's a money issue, right? Yes. It's a money issue. No. These coaches do not. I'm sorry. These team owners do not care. There are fans that are boycotting. Yeah. You see them burning their stuff. So it's a no-win situation. It's a monetary issue. No, they're losing fans. That's what I'm saying. For these owners, it's a money issue. They can't. They do not want to see their audience, um, the people who consume their product, which is entertainment and football, to um, become divisive and not show up to the games, not buy the tickets. So you know, these to me, these owners have a choice. It's like we can just sit here and try to let this play out and roll the dice and hope that at the end of the day, it just blows over. People still come to our games. They, they we still make the sales, and um, you know, we move on for this. Or people do start abandoning the sport. This thing blows up into something bigger. We have an awful season where, like, people just don't come out to the games. We have protesters at our games preventing people coming into the games. And we lose a bunch of money. I think for these owners, it's a money issue. Because if they cared, they would have been out two years ago when Colin Kaepernick first started doing this. And, you know, first started putting it out there. I mean, this was in the media for a long time, yep. and none of these owners said anything, anything, until finally it hit the level where Donald Trump decided to go ahead and take it and toil it to in, in, in a political fashion. I think it's a money issue for these guys. That's my opinion. I will Andrew? say, though, even for me, like, when they first started kneeling, I understood, I heard Obama speak about it. And I thought he was excellent how he pointed to both sides. He was like, you know, protesting the flag, you know, that's a hard thing to do because, you know, the people who fought for our country. So Obama, and I sort of agreed with Obama. I saw both sides out of it. But now because of the message has become more clear to me, I don't know, through radio or NPR or whatever, I feel like this really is like an... Black Lives Matter or black issues really are important, and maybe like white people need to get on board with this and hear about it. They won't even we see just, it. They refuse yeah. to see it as that. That's why it's all about the flag and being a patriot. They won't even go there. It's never about racism, right? Yeah, it's not about racism. It's about anything else. It's the flag. It's about the nation. It's about everything else. Yeah. But maybe they don't know. Maybe they don't hear the other side because I've started to learn more of the other 
other side of this milling thing, maybe in the last year, because I learned that it was more about, for example, people who have the voice speaking up for people who right. don't exactly. have the voice. Exactly. I thought that was like a yeah. 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 Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe exactly. There's no louder than yeah. this. Yeah. They don't understand. And take the knee. It's reverential. See, I, 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 it's respectful. I didn't look at it as a black life thing. I looked at it, of course, the natural thing of the flag. I didn't look at it as a racial thing like Kaepernick. I mean, it had, I don't think it had nothing to do with that. I really believe that. Why was he doing that? I think he got national anthem to, to a lot of people, it means it's something. Such a, I, you know, yeah. Like, that with the, for me, I fought Vietnam. Right. I, I understand a lot of things. Just like when that Pittsburgh Steel when that Ranger came out by himself. Right. I mean, yeah, maybe he shouldn't have done that, no, but I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was, you hear what they were just he reacting. I think that whole thing was because of flag, national anthem, and uh, support our veterans. I don't think it was about the racial thing. I really don't. Colin Kaepernick he, said it himself. Yeah, he, said, he said it doesn't mean it's true. No, no, wait, I mean, I'm not saying. Saying. No, no, no. Colin Kaepernick took me. Way before that. Absolutely because of the black, black that's the police saying. were shooting blacks. Had right. nothing to do with the national anthem. Right. Had nothing yeah. to do yeah. with the flag. Right. He was doing it because he was a, a police shooting black people. Right. That's why right. that, the was issue. Doing it. Okay. that was the his issue. That was his issue. I was think So you're arguing our point. You're arguing our point. No, but he made it a flag issue. Uh, you're talking about Trump. Okay, you're talking about Trump. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 but you made it the national anthem. I don't but think that's how a lot issue. of people see it. Oh, that's like the on only my way. Facebook. I know that. Yeah, and on my wrong. Facebook feed, I see people are like so pissed off about this and flag. What 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 drives, I mean, it's, it's what drives me crazy is guys like him will fought so that you can take a knee without yeah. exactly. And you see, you see more. I see more of that on talk about Facebook. You know. I fought in the war, blah, 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 and I fought yeah, so you could take the name. Exactly, that's how I feel. So, when it comes down to it, and, and a lot of people said this on it, on Facebook, you know, the flag does not represent, you fought for the flag, I'm not I taking that away from you. He didn't but fight for the flag, he fought for You country. fought for the country, but that's how I understand, I understand veterancy when they see the flag. That's, I fought yeah. for that flag, I fought yeah. for the flag. In 1989, they shouldn't have allowed you to wear it as a bikini yet. Exactly. <laughs> and then, but my point is, so now we know which not of But them. my point is, people shouldn't be looking at it like that. You're <laughs> sure. No, we're, we're, we're enthusiastic. Oh, I don't even want to. I don't even want to look. I'm pretty sure that was that was pretty loud. That's pretty loud. People all American. People in Kansas, Montana, they believe the flag, country, and you know, God. Right. That's that's not, sacred. And, and that that's patriotic. I mean, and everything else Americans, is not. That's what it is. The Red Sea. Yeah, they they're offended when someone doesn't stand up. Quacker, what were you, were you about to say? I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I feel like it's become kind of a straw man argument to deflect from what they're actually protesting yeah. about. Like, I've been to NFL That's games. exactly what's happening. That's right. First of all, before 2009, the players weren't even out on the field for the right. National Anthem. Right. I've been there. It people was a like drinking popcorn, time. using the restroom, oh, going here real? and there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now all of a sudden, it's become like this thing. I just the think ritual. it's a fake argument to deflect right. from that. Really? Yeah. 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 It's always this. It's, it's never about racism. It's about this. Yeah. It's about it. it was a marketing thing. Yeah. So yeah. Start them crying out to be racist and just flat won't admit. 
it's this is the yeah. tricky yeah. argument. Who's they? They? Well, well, they? Don't like it. He just said the whole thing. Well, who's they? That's a good question. These people who are making that argument. They honestly think I agree with that. Oh, yeah. right. Okay, I so think you're that's saying the they do thing. honestly think... I, I honestly don't think they that think. they think of themselves as racist. <laughs> right, but they They've are. gotten this but mindset. But they are. Okay, but okay. they don't see it as a yeah. race thing. They see it as somebody disrespecting... I get right. it. Right. But they yes. are disrespecting the flag and therefore their country. They've they've gotten this ingrained and they've, they believe the narrative... That this right. is right. so that's what they're going against. But they're, right. they don't think they are racist. They are, and, and they, they don't, don't realize because these it. are the same people oh, yeah. that are saying, "Well, Black Lives Matter, but maybe they shouldn't act like thugs." In the the street moment you say "but," people are, are getting right. <laughs> racist. I'm complaining because they got all this other stuff. It's a, I'm not racist, but and I'm not a black. Yeah. There's one I can't history say of this country, and that history is a white supremacy enslaving black people yeah. for 400 years. And I, years. I believe that's a white flag. They, when they look at that flag, it's a white and flag. They, and maybe they're threatened <laughs> because if I, if I'm in the advantage, do I want to let exactly. a, a black woman beat my competition? Not I really. think that's think a, a over generalization of a group, which is ironically what you're trying to I protest. No, I'm seeing the. Think about it. If you've lived in a place of privilege your whole life, equality to you means yes, dropping down. Exactly. And that's a huge threat like to people. So that's American history right there in a few words. And we got we're gonna be careful we have to realize that when uh, people say like they, um, I don't think that they're literally talking about every single person in a demographic. Yeah. No. As more of they're talking about a certain, um, a, a, a certain idea. idea or yeah, 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 cultural um, idea belief. Or, yeah, or belief that um, is shared by um, maybe a majority or, or a large segment. You know, because there's a lot of people that go out there and say, like, well, not all. You know, and that's true, not all, but I don't all. think that, yeah, um, but that's yeah. not, I mean, I but that's not what we're talking about. I have friends that I would honestly say that if they're working, um, with people of color or different cultures or whatever, they like those people individually. When that group as a whole says, listen, I'm, I'm Puerto Ricans and Puerto Ricans want to have a Puerto Rican Day parade, they might say, why do the Puerto Ricans have to have a parade? Why yeah. can't it just be or, a New York City parade? Or, and it's like, I'm not racist, I'm Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they like their Puerto Rican friends. They live right. they go get Puerto Rican food, but they just don't think Puerto Ricans like, should celebrate a Puerto Rican parade. Or something yeah. even more serious, like, I'm black, I've noticed black people are getting shot at a higher ratio. Can we address that? You know, For this whatever is a serious... reason it could be, right? Like, yeah. At least have the conversation. And so I'll agree with serious... you that some of that happens, but it's on the level. I really think we're a group of intellectuals that are taking a lot of people that don't think so much. They're given the narrative and accept the narrative that this is a patriotic issue. These people are going against the flag. I absolutely believe racism exists. I'd be stupid to think otherwise. But I'm saying most people are not on that level. They've been given a narrative. They've been told by people that they let think for them or whatever that this is about the flag and these people against the flag be like, well, I'm for the flag, sure. so screw those people. Those people aren't blameless. Because yeah, of that's a good question, guys. Is like, how how deep do you think oh, like so the average person like really thinks about these issues? Yeah, 
I mean, about it when no, you bring it up and they get all worked up about it, though. Well, you know, that's true. No, I'm actually People have strong opinions about stuff they don't think about. I can't be saying all the things yeah. about. <laughs> the flag. But if you, if you grew up on a farm and you grew up in, like I said, small communities, a flag is everything. Mm. The parades, the high school, the people marching, you know, parades, the flag, the song. Well, what about oh, freedom of speech? I have pledge allegiance, all that. Right. Yeah, but what does it mean? But, but in New York, I mean, it's not as pronounced. It's not as... The South? There are regional differences, I get what you're saying. Areas of the, of the I know, country. but those it's people really in the areas country. are not stupid. They're not stupid. Yes, they have a tradition. They like their tradition. They feel good about the place. They love America. But they should be thinking about what it stands for. Right. Right. Remove the word stupid and replace it with simple. They are simple, and they just don't go out of that level. level. They're given a narrative. They keep to it. They're saying the flag is our country and a representative. I love the flag. Hey, why are you disrespecting our flag? That's all it's they're thinking about. So why, is exactly. so hard, why is it so hard to be loyal to like respecting and loving each other? They're not seeing right. it as representative of what we see it representative exactly. of. We see it representative of, oh, you're my brother. Like to We live in this country. Seeing, We're all... They're seeing it as just is. the idea of this flag of like, we're the best country well, in the world I mean, kind of me, thing. When and I see the flag and you them, see them new, that connection. flag means he can do that. Let me, let me bring up this. Like, Well, okay, let's look at the reasons behind why these people think so simply about these issues. And I think there's a simple solution to that. And the, the solution is is that, well, if you are in rural, um, I don't know, uh, Tennessee or Nebraska and whatnot, and you live in a pretty homogeneous community where most of the people around you are white, yeah. you don't, your entire life, you don't deal with issues really maybe exactly. of, of, of race and, yeah. and of different cultures and dynamics and clashing. So you have a different like so rank of priority of yeah, values, right? Priority. So like maybe what you value the most appears maybe um, a sense of nationalism and that type of unity. And maybe you don't prioritize these um, racial issues because you just exactly. don't experience them in your life, you know? Exactly. So, you know, I, I, I think that maybe that's where it comes from. Why do people protest because you don't know what it's like? Right. Do why don't you right. just How does that translate yeah. into... Be- well, because people, people, people think that their lives is like everybody else's sometimes, you know? It's people like... Recognize another human, right? Yeah, they, they, they say that... I think these people say to themselves, like, look... Me and my community, we get along just fine. We ain't arguing and doing and talking all this stuff. We are, you know, I can go to my neighbors um, and you know, we can go ahead and discuss these issues and stuff. I don't see all these problems with race. You know, I don't see it around me. So that means that it can't be as big as an issue as you're making it to be, you know. So that, I think that's the argument. I grew up in Philly and I saw race all my life. Also, not only because I'm a Jew. Mm-hmm. And anti-Semitism is just as bad as the you know what's happening when uh, they're not killing Jews, but it's it's still a very big problem in the United States. Oh yeah, sure. and I get, but it's never mentioned in any racial talk. It's always blacks and whites. Mm. But it doesn't. If you talk about race, you got to talk about you got to talk about race in general against an American Indian, against you know Jews, blacks. Should you be talking about the whole subject rather than one isolated, uh, isolated unit? Yeah. So, so maybe the idea is that um, secretly, like, man, all these groups are racist, you know. So, if we're going to talk about it, we're going to have to talk about it in a general sense, right? 
I mean, there, I think there's a lot of that out there. Um, I was online the other day and I was um, looking at some of the hate mail that Martin Luther King got when he was oh, like, sure. you know, out there and stuff like that. And a lot of arguments you hear today, you see the exact duplicate in a lot of these letters. And one of the primary ones you see over and over and over and over again is pretty much what you're bringing up is that, hey, you're not looking at your people. Black people are this way, too. You know, black people are violent, too. You, you are criticizing white people, but you refuse to criticize your own people. There's this idea of, like, hypocrisy. There's exactly. this, like, fundamental belief that all these groups are, are, are secretly racist out here. And it ain't just me or it ain't just white people. That's, like, there's this... That's a big argument that we see, and it hasn't gone away, and I think it's even more so now. And the argument ignores the history of the United States. Yeah, yeah, completely ignores it. The most cruel form of slavery that at least the Western world has seen, mm -hmm. that, that mm -hmm. argument ignores that completely, and the lasting effects of that on all black people in this country today. That's mm -hmm. why the argument doesn't really hold up, yeah. but... I understand what people are saying, but mm. well, I was also argument. thinking not only that, but also the fact that everyone is an immigrant because you came over and Hello. stole the land from somebody. And yeah. then, you know, you, but you don't like it, those people, right? Right. right. Oh, there's, there's things that oh, they, they change, but the, the discrimination against black and Jews has never changed. Right. Right. Never changed. You know. The, the things about the Irish, about the, you know, the, the, uh, the, the Italians, the that Italians, was the 1900s, yeah. the 1800s, and it changed, and while people accept it. That's but the Jews point. and blacks always been a center of racial, you know, well, maybe it's a part of the change. Yeah. Maybe that's why we're doing these well, things. I, I, <laughs> I do feel that way. It's, right. it's coming to such a head. It's almost like, well, maybe this is a good well, thing. Well, I keep thinking, like, you know, we, it's like we had a black yeah. president, and it was like, a big deal. It was the first one. Yeah. It was like, wow, maybe we're getting yeah, a bit less progressing. Yeah. Yeah. It's the pendulum. So we had like progress, and then there's always like that swing back. But I feel like having all this stuff come to the surface, because like I said, the KKK and the Nazis, they've been in America talking online oh. for a long time. Oh, yeah. But it's sure. bringing them out, so it's like, okay, maybe now we have to deal with it. So that let me ask you guys this. I actually, I actually thought about yeah, this. Did you guys see the cotton issue? The, the like Hobby Lobby with the the, the cotton Hobby stick. Lobby. Yeah. No. So so or Dave, what? David, <laughs> go ahead and tell Hobby tell Lobby. them the story about this. Okay, so it's a basic like cotton stick representation. It's like just a stick coming out. With, with, the thing is cotton. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen it on Facebook. Beyond that, I don't know the story. I've seen it. I know that it's because, <laughs> taken as a racist. Well, okay, y'all buckle up. Listen to this right <laughs> now. All right. So all right. So Hobby Lobby um sells random crap you put around your houses like you know a little yeah, maybe talk pieces and stuff like that yeah and one item that they sold was this kind of artistic box and inside this box is a piece of stick with little cotton hanging off of it it's obviously like a stalk from a cotton plant yeah. right and uh, there's all cotton balls so a black lady takes a picture of this right and then she posts on facebook saying i cannot believe that hobby lobby is selling stalks of cotton in their store. You know, this is like one of the most racist things I think I've ever seen. What are they trying to tell me? Blah, 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 blah. So that's pretty... That's far-fetched. That's why I was right. Unable to understand. Right. So, oh, wait. 
No, 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 no. Oh. All it was was a box okay. with a little piece of cotton in it, a stick of cotton in it, right? And so she walked by and she goes, like, no, no. Takes a picture, puts it on Facebook saying that they need to go ahead and take that down. <laughs> so, well, this is the more interesting thing about this story to me. Is that um, that was posted and, of course, you know, the online world just immediately gravitates towards it. Thousands of comments and go ahead and get marked. And after that, media companies began to pick it up. And the type of media entities that picked it up tells you a lot. Brett Bart, Fox News, um, what is the independent, uh, like, Republican Journal, something like that, National Review. They loved the story. It was so juicy. Why was it juicy? Because it perpetuates this narrative mm -hmm. of, like... Racism's not real. See, it's a huge overreaction. It's this overreaction out there. Look at this lady. She's out there talking about this stick of God and is racist. When people say they don't like Black Lives Matter, it's another one of those things where they don't want to actually talk about the racism. They want to point out those... Particular Black Lives Matter advocates who are like that lady yeah. and a little bit overboard, right. yeah. overlooking the whole fact that like Black Lives Matter is about Step Black Lives Matter, and it's like <laughs> it's like you can point out the crazy people on every side, right? But yeah, exactly. I think it does a good job of putting up the They've gone from a respectable group to, because they yell about everything, things like racial matters or whatnot, getting completely washed away. Their, their narrative is no longer relevant. So if you can kind of make, make it clear that they do these crazy things and add to the stuff they actually do, it completely disregards them. Suddenly we have Trump as president in 2020. Well, well let me it. ask. Hush your mouth. That's what happened. I think the Republican Party is going to take and disagree with you, but going to use that for another topic. They, you know, as in like they, those liberals are, you know, sorry, complaining too much. So it's like maybe we we need to make an effort to distance ourselves from like. Ones, and then the ones who are going over the deep end, like, there's cotton, you're wearing cotton, yeah. you're wearing, you know. So, there's, there's an effort by um, conservative media to take these instances here and broad stroke them across, sure. like, um, you know, a liberal political spectrum and uh, pump those issues and make their base feel like that's oh, what okay. liberals are talking about is that there's a cotton well, stalk and Hobby Lobby. That's the fight that uh, people with uh, liberal mindsets are, are trying to fight for. And um, so, so it's like, where, where does it come from, right? Because you do have a point, David, that, hey, you know, I do see um, a lot of, you know, progressive and liberal media out there, mostly online, that um, talks about a lot of um, identity politics issues. And, um, you know, you see them all over your Facebook feed and you um, see that stuff everywhere. But it's like, well... Is this stuff, like, being pumped out there too much? Is there an oversaturation of it? Or are we just affected by this other narrative out there saying that um, maybe um, people who are progressive are talking about well, it too much? Well, people make fun of the CW social justice warriors, and they'll point out yeah. these kind of cotton-stick situations and say, like, oh, look at them, they think they're, like... Yeah, but the liberals much. don't have a single line of message. They're not very clear in 
what they think. That's true. And yeah. I think that while the Fox News is going to go out and stir this up, it's, it's like people saying, oh, you know, <coughs> the, the, the football players make too much money, so they shouldn't be able to, you know, protest. I, I, as if that's somehow related, right? It's not related, but, you know, they'll show a soldier, and he makes 35000 and and... This football player makes a million dollars. So what? What's the point? There is no point, but they have them face to face, and people say, "Oh my God, that's the problem." Yeah. But the liberals are not coming out and saying, "Look, we stand for not lying. We stand for, you know, uh, ta- reasonable use of money. We stand for social issues." You never hear. Yeah, I don't yeah, hear yeah. Nancy Pelosi or any of those people saying. This is what I actually stand for. Right. Well, that's yeah, true. Well, thing, true as hell. One thing right the liberals, I, yeah, I, I always thought I was a liberal, but that when you hear liberals uh, drowning out free speech in colleges, yeah. that bothers me. Right. You know, I, I don't care. I don't know if that speech is all organic, though. But I don't care. There's these, these conservative they, organizations go around and pay people to show up to these liberal universities but, uh, to cause a scene. But also it's students also. It's also the liberal students at those universities. They don't want to hear that right wing. And BTW Democrats do that just as much as Republicans. So it's a political tactic, you know. I mean, you can't say that that's just like some organic thing where... I'm going to argue that most of them are organic. They may add to the voice, but... Milo, whatever his name is, showing up to a certain university, that's organic. That's like somebody just showing up wanting to go ahead and have a civil debate. At a at a at a quote unquote liberal university, you know, no, that's right not to. that right that to. that is that, being done to incite a certain type of. Well, yeah, but that's but that's okay that it, it's out there. It's just like it's okay it's that the Nazis walk down the street. It's not okay for the people who want to yell at the Nazis to start throwing things at them and and punching them in the face. They have a right to walk down the exactly. street. Do I like a Nazi? No, I don't like. But he has a what right to stand. What do you think a German citizen would say about that? He had a right to stand. He wanted to stand for the flag. He should have never apologized for it because it was important to him. Mm-hmm. It's just I'm all right with him. him. I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm completely on a different uh, side of that. I am Kyle. too because yeah. if you if you look at, you know, let's take a, another, um, a good country that, or a good example country that had an issue with there was a really severe, violent right wing. Um, and in Germany today, it is illegal to do a Nazi salute, it is illegal to dress like Hitler, it is illegal to do exactly. certain, say certain things. They have agreed as a people, they have agreed as a people to say, we're going to actually, yes, limit free speech. Limit free speech. That's what it is, because look at what happened when we didn't. So is it really, like, we, we talk about free speech so much that it's about just like this concept of saying whatever you want, but it's not just about saying whatever you want, it's about believing and possibly in the future, acting on those beliefs. So exactly. So it, it doesn't just. Yeah, but until I'm with you on that. What do you mean until laws? you do it? It's already happened. No, we have different laws on free speech and hate speech, right? So there's, yeah, there's laws distinguish and... what's just free speech and what is hate speech. And but isn't that hate speech? Walking down the street. People are also willing to protect the yeah, free speech. Yeah, blood and soil and stuff. Yeah, that, that, that is hate that, that's hate speech. But don't let Jews replace us or whatever they were saying. Yeah, great. Yeah. Ari's like you. Yes, you should think I could. Yeah, but, but like the KKK stuff, they're allowed to exactly. do yeah, all their things. I think a big, big part of the problem is is that um, our politicians have, for generations, have been trying to use these. Um, ideological extremes to their benefit in the mm-hmm. political arena yeah. and letting it just exist there. They don't want to ban it. 
they don't want to outlaw certain types of speech that they know um, has that eventually leads to violent acts. So they just let it exist, and they try to use it whenever um, they can. Right now, Republicans are deciding that you know we want to go ahead and use that free speech of uh, of white supremacy and Nazism and all that type of stuff to um, you know shore up support in um, our debate. That's why the ACLU, which is not a conservative base, always support the Klan marching. I don't support that at all. I know, but I'm just saying, they believe strictly the freedom of speech. They take away. They make. Nah. And then they take away freedom of speech. They're wrong, bro. So, okay, well, I'm so, you're so wrong, but that's what they stand for. Interesting topic. Speech. That, understand? You might not like it, but that's what it is. Yeah, you can't take away freedom of speech. Yeah, I know. I, I, I personally, I personally believe that um, speech that um, you know incites uh, violence, hate, and um, the suppression genocide. and genocide and murder of other people. Um, is uh, does not qualify as um, free speech. Because great topic of discussion. So we had some police that were shot down by people who claimed to be acting as mm-hmm. part of Black Lives Matter. Yep. And they died. So at what point do we start ruling which groups exactly. are causing hate that's and causing key. killing? It's Can I say no, Black no, Lives Matter? No, hands slippery slope, hate. man. That's slippery slope. It is. It, it is slippery slope. You're on the other side of that slippery slope. Look, <laughs> no. look See, at how liberals march, and they, they, they do the same, they don't do the exact same thing, but they have a political statement, and they have... They, we are pretending of Bush having look like a Nazi. You're also they had the like, context of American was, history. Yeah. The Bush nomination. Well, hold on a second, Ed. Um, we, 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 we're, we're pretending here that we can't contextualize this stuff. Right. That words can just be appropriated and used in any type of instance, this and suddenly, yeah, this is not happening in a vacuum. And, and secondly, um, there is, I think sufficient enough evidence out there to go ahead and label certain organizations like um, neo-Nazis and uh, KKK and white supremacists. I think that there is so much evidence out there to go ahead and be able to distinguish these groups and go ahead and, and I think... Um, History. And, yeah, and uh, to outlaw that That's, that's a horrible of idea. What about the list? black Muslims? Yeah, They've killed a lot of people. Are you going to ban them too? Again, that's happening in the context uh, on the tail, yeah. the very tail. You're, you're saying so, that you can't make context uh, of this stuff. I don't agree. You're, you're saying that people. you can define the First Amendment. You're saying the First Amendment right. right gives me the right to take a knee, gives me a right to Black Lives Matter, even though we have contextual proof that people have taken lives in the name of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. But because people have done it over here, because these people believe in... But is the, this idea. is the internal ideology of Black Lives Matter to kill all cops? No. Yeah. The internal ideology of white exactly. supremacists and the you KKK can distinguish is to kill all black people. It's like you're standing That's so, again, yeah. Yeah. it's to right. separate all black people exactly. in a lot of the minds. Hold on a second. We're all talking over each other for a second. Hold on a second. We're all talking over each other. Helen, go ahead. Okay, so I'm the KKK, and I'm standing on the platform, and I'm spouting all my hate, 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 hate. We all know what it means. We, you know, we all know that, that I want all you people dead, all you Jews and you yeah, black people. That yeah. That's what it stands for, right? That's what it is. It's a Christian or it's a white. That's what it is, Matt. I'm not up there. It's saying also Catholic. Too. I believe we it's should. A white, it's hold a on, white. Hold on, head, head, head. Hold on a second. Go ahead. I, I mean, we all know I'm standing up here. I'm not here to talk about the public library system. No, right? No, no. I'm up there because I hate. These people, I want you to hate these people. 
And that's the whole point. No, but that's not what this is. Is that not the wrong thing? You're saying I white supremacy meaning I don't want them to take my job. I don't want them to be in school with me. Well, right. We have to keep our white people right. pure. Keep America exactly. I don't want I don't pure. want the Italian marrying the Jew because you're going to soil the water there. Okay, exactly. so but it's hate. <laughs> you're saying true. that I don't exactly see these true. people. But I'm not saying me. you die. I'm just saying don't be in my world. Then why were there yeah, lynchings for two hundred years yeah, after help slavery? Me, help me. Okay, so <laughs> so why did the black Muslims start open but, but, fire on exactly. stuff? Like it's because, the same concept. Because black people have their lives have been threatened by white people. And so the, so years. now you're justifying their killing justify while saying the other side is not justified. The point I think that we're, that he might be making is white people can make the same argument. I mean, who you know who's can who's make defining any white people enslaved black people in this country? That's that is going to be. Actually, true. So forever, that makes right? it okay to have killed right. I'm just saying that's actually true, right? So let me. Well, let, let me let me go ahead and say this: wrong. is that um, I think that the, the line should be drawn where s- the speech is coming from. Who is voicing this speech? If there is a certain organization that is out there that is um, propagating a certain message, and that organization has had a long history of violating people's rights consistently over and over again, um, the height of that being murdering folks, then I think that that organization no longer should be allowed to assemble and um, have the right. Have that right. I think that there should be certain organizations, I think, that should be going ahead and out. Let's go ahead. She's been patient. I think we can't. Because there's so many people in every group, you can't generalize and say this group should talk, this group can't can't talk, because that's just so hard. So I think maybe the deciding thing could be on if it's inciting or not. Because what I'll, they're saying I'll, at the time. Let, I'll give some examples. If, if a KKK is going to gather in this closed area, they can say whatever hateful stuff they want, fine. But if they're going to do it in a public space and incite violence and incite yeah. people, that's not okay. I agree with that. I mean, I don't agree with them in their own <laughs> private space, so people can talk whatever they want. I agree with that. Okay, so, I can agree with that. Keep it to yourself. That's, they've got a good point, they've got a good message, but if a few of them start protesting violently and it protests, that's not okay. But that doesn't no. mean the whole group should not be able to do Right. So, like, you have to deal with just people who are inciting violence. Right. right. Because what? If you look at well, I think that's what, what we deal with. That's already our law in this country. But I think... You understand that. Well, but I think some... Yeah, that's our standard now. Yeah. Yes. What is our standard? Describe what is our standard here? What What is the standard? Once in, yeah, once everybody violence can, is incited, right. yes, we can press allowed. charges, right. we can take them to court, Absolutely. all that. That you is the law. That's what we're saying is that there needs to be a higher but, bar. But this just happened. I think there needs to be a higher bar set. I think there's been enough evidence demonstrated by certain groups in the United States that those groups should be outlawed. I think there's enough... Out, I think there's enough evidence out there to go ahead and um, what, what's what I'm looking for? I guess ban certain right. organizations right. in the United right. States. Right. Wait, so let me give you an example. So then I am. A there's white certain organizations. No, we can. Right. We're not dumb. We can discern that. Yeah, but no, so I'll change my name. Huh? I'll change my name. See that you're going back to the point where you're thinking like. When I okay, I'm talking about the the KKK in right, particular. So now I'll call do you believe? But do you believe? Let's apply those same laws to somebody. Let, else. Let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Black Panthers. They had yes. a history of inciting violence. They've caused they a great deal of death. They now exist. They they're around. They're 
a little bit more peaceful, but well, they're still well, not. Well, hold on a second. Once again, you need to go ahead and um, look at the history and the um, So now you're asking me to, to get claim. into their mind. L let's go ahead and deal Wait, with one issue at a time. The police are also <laughs> I don't think the Black Panthers is a good example. That's a horrible, example. That's a horrible example. It's a wonderful example. Let, let me go ahead and... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's sweet. And I don't know all the details, but what it seems like to me is that different, they let different groups get away with different things. Mm -hmm. So, like, the amount that a group can go is kind of based on, on prejudices if they're white or black. So, like, maybe some groups... Or Christian or not. Yeah, or some, mm -hmm. some like, maybe a, a black group of black protesters does one thing, and so that, and that's the cue for the cops to, like, get on that and stop it, and it becomes violent. Whereas maybe they let the KKK get away with some more things, like that other march, before they step in, like they should have. You know, and so people always say that they step in in too much. What different ways? Yeah. The different groups. What what is today? You know what what gives these groups fuel? Is like when they go out, they want people to come out and confront them, so they got media attention. Mm -hmm. That's what thrives them. If people don't come out, media doesn't come out. And they're speaking to an empty audience. Now let me, and it has happened many times in Stokie, Illinois. You know, people didn't come out, they, they canceled the, the, uh, the rally in Stokie, Illinois, against the Jewish community. Yeah. A lot of communities, that happened. Like they, they did the permit, but nobody showed, and they just canceled it. So what these people want is the media attention. They want that confrontation with people like blacks, blacks slowing or shouting. They want that because that Gives them publicity. Right. And that's what they fly on. That's what people don't understand. Okay, now let me let me go ahead and say this here. Uh, let me back up a second, because first I want to go ahead and address something with the Black Panthers. Uh, <laughs> the Black Panthers, as an organization, um, initially started as not being violent. Um, then let's go, then. Neither did the KKK. That's fine, but it still doesn't detract from my main point here that I'm going to get to. Is that and secondly, I want to say about the Black Panthers is that they were targeted, right, by the um, okay, United States government and, uh, you know, COINTELPRO um, and infiltrated and incited to violence and in order to go ahead and justify a crackdown and then, um, you know, a, a breakup of that group of people. And um, there was a concerted effort in the media to go ahead and demonize that group. So, yes. So, uh, secondly, I, I want to go ahead and take that small history and say that I think it is perfectly, I think as a society, as using our legal mechanisms, we can go ahead and look at the histories of these two organizations and put them in a certain context <coughs> and make a certain decision on them. We do it all the time. That's why we have laws, right? You can't have counterfeit money because, because it's been demonstrated that Generally, when people have counterfeit money, they use it for purposes that goes ahead and disrupt society and break up the laws and everything. So the, the point I'm making here is that we can make a discernment based upon a we long try. history of evidence for certain groups that they should be outlawed and banned. Yeah, I think we can do that. We can do that without the slippery slope theory of, yeah. oh, if you do it for one, suddenly yeah. all of them but are going to be banned. That's not, I don't think that's true. It's like Germany, you can't do a Nazi salute. Yeah, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. We make discernment in society all the time on issues, and it doesn't, 
slide into chaos or 100% like a lockdown oppression of all types okay, of groups. Name the law. Really say the law as you would word it. Yeah, that's the thing. How would you put it into practice? How does Germany have it? Have, yeah, Germany has it. Because Germany says you can't, can't do, do a Nazi party. All right, but so, so I could be a white supremacist like group and I could not use the word Hitler. So let's call ourselves the alt-right. Right, right, and I could <laughs> not use the Nazi symbol. That's a perfect And I could thing. not use, I could not do all the well, things see, that you have in Well, hold on a second thing. The thing is that this is not a perfect science either. This is not well, perfect science either. Is, is that, you yeah, you got to start somewhere. This is not perfect. Nobody's saying that by, well, I'm not saying that by going ahead and creating these bans on certain groups that it's going to solve 100% of the problems. And I think that maybe that's certain the standard that you're looking at this for. It's not. There are going to be people who right there is going to maybe change their names and maybe do other things. I'd actually go you know? there and cause the problem because yeah, suddenly you're suppressing speech. freedom of speech. So the second you start a like, this going on a knee is nothing. The people would come out in droves because suddenly you're taking away a big part of the First Amendment. You would right. incite so know. much anti-race well, hatred. So to ban the KKK. The KKK. Well, go ahead and send this country into chaos. Absolutely. Why would that happen? Okay, personally, I want to hear That's that speech. Not, I want to no, hear no, that no, I don't believe speech. that for a moment. No, I don't want this to go underground. I want this to be publicized. Yeah. So I want them to speak so I can hear, people yeah. can see so that this exists. If you do, if you ban everything, everything goes underground. And then, oh, it doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Yeah. As long as you show it, you see the hatred, then you can react to that and you can make decisions. But when you don't, when you ban it, you go underground. You know, and that's the danger. I agree that that can happen. That can happen. That can happen. But I think it's worth it making that nope, um, that decision um, in policy and in, in legal, legality. When they spoke, mm -hmm. there was a huge anti. Like mur murder March. is illegal, but people still kill. March. But sure. the law is on the book in order to go ahead. For sure, for one, that's, that's so people can be prosecuted, and right. and and what do you There's mean no that's not vague? There is gray area. Anybody can make up a gray area. That's what, what you guys are doing. Before. You're saying they're like, it well, matter what just, the guy did before. If he murdered, he murdered. No, no. See, you, see let me apply the logic that you're trying to use here. The logic you're trying to use here, using the murder argument, is that I could go ahead and make this argument saying that, well, what if the murder there was there was a reason for the murder? What if there was, you know, you know. What if what the killing happened is, by happenstance? You're saying that because I might have murdered before, you're going to do something to me so that I don't murder again after I get out and serve my time. You're, you're saying you're going to outlaw an organization based on their history. Yeah, the history of violating people's laws. Murder? By that's killing people saying, and violating people's laws. Then, right. Yes, that, that's but, what happens all the time. Nobody's seeing, you, you're demanding that this solution have a 100% success rate. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that there needs, there needs to be some type of legal precedent that's out there in order to go ahead and to tier at the very least. So let's, yeah, let's say that what you're saying is years. true and no, Obama gets up and announces tomorrow, hey, <laughs> you are not, we are no longer going to allow the KKK. You're no longer allowed to wear a white sheet in the order right. of the Grand Well, that will never happen. That's like, not a realistic okay, situation. this just happened. Magic. Boom. Poof. I'm not asking happened. for, <laughs> I'm not asking for the president to come up to a podium and be like, you know what? All this is weird. No, 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 you just did. No. You what just I'm, asked what, for the what banning I'm, of the KKK. What I'm asking, what I'm asking for is a legal framework of right. uh, using the bureaucracies that we have in order to go ahead and disseminate this stuff. That's what I'm asking. Practically, mechanically. 
how would that come see? About? All right, now you're asking for me as an individual to go ahead and like lay out a sure. blueprint <laughs> to implement this today. Right. I don't have all the answers today. I'm, I'm saying that there should be a benefit. There's there's some benefits. I'm saying it would become out negative. Those who have the internet and social media, you couldn't have these groups. So right away, you want to outlaw Facebook? You want to outlaw the internet? Well, I mean, no. how far do you? Because you go underground. You're not going to say so you want to outlaw these people. Like I said, you go underground. I agree. I, don't I, want to go I concede that point that that can happen, that but I think there still should be some type of deterrent. But I also think, I, think, I, think I agree. I do. I agree. I see both sides. Yeah. I think there should yeah, be a deterrent. I, I, I don't think, but I also feel. Don't talk over one another. I think. I don't think that I would suppress it. I think I would side with him. Leave it out there. We have things that are hate, and we have things that are civil disobedience. Yeah. We have those things. However. Kind of going on his perspective, if I have the conversation out there, I can find out what is motivating you to hate these people and maybe address your issue versus just trying to shut you up. Because I can't solve a problem if the problem is not being out there. And I can't stop you. What Do you think that Jews... What what five percent of the entire world population can really take that KK's job I, away? Yeah, I that think that conversation awesome. can still be had without certain organizations that have a long history of um, murdering, killing people, wanting to kill people. I think that we can make a discernment to target certain organizations. I don't believe in this slippery slope argument that if you do one, suddenly all of them are going to go ahead and go. I think that I I I, I don't I don't think that. That will happen. So are we saying that the groups that kill the most can't protest right. anymore? Because <laughs> <laughs> I got news for you: one in eleven killings do come from black people. Well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You're mischaracterizing my argument here. You know exactly what I mean. You know I'm talking about the. You know I'm talking about the KKK. You know I'm talking about neo Nazis. You know I'm talking about those type of organizations, those type of hate group organizations. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I know you are aiming for a ban on hate speech, which we do not have in our country. So we can we allow hate speech. No, we just we you can't have violence. I guess I, I guess more spe- as as we work this out in real time here. You know, more of what I'm asking for are for or for or for organizations. Hold on. Oh yeah. Right. So that's protected. So you're aiming for that to be. A harsher, maybe a law. You know, there's management too, and, and mm-hmm. I don't know. If, and nobody noted. I haven't heard much, but when the Nazis had their next thing in Boston, mm-hmm. and they had that huge march alongside, and when the news went over to where the Nazis were, the news couldn't get near them. They were surrounded. They were blocked off. Nobody, no white people, no black people, no news could get anywhere near the Nazis. And nothing happened, and nobody knows what the Nazis said. Nobody saw pictures of them on TV. Nobody saw them with torches or anything. And the other march of people. I mean, that, that's how it should be handled. Like I said, they had no platform. And it was up to the, the, the Boston police kept them away from everybody, which is pretty awesome. Well, I mean, that, that's kind of, on, that's kind of on the way on to, to the type of policies I'm, I'm yeah, talking about. You. Right. You're kind of on the path there, them, right? Because the police are involved, they're sectioning these people off. Um, you know, I, I I would say that that was great that they went yeah, ahead the guy and CNN was, the Nazis are over there, you can't see them from here, but they're back there, yeah, we but can't that get was, over but there. I don't know if that was 
that, I don't know if that was the right thing to do. They're out there crossing. Think about the suffering. So you say the police shouldn't be there, should just let them go? I think you protect everyone from everybody, but I don't think you keep them isolated. You might as well have kept the suffragettes. See, there has to be some line. But then, like we were saying earlier, this whole mess that's happened with Trump and stuff is actually putting all this stuff out there on a stage in the forefront for us to deal with. True. And, and yeah. freaking to distract us out. from what we should really Well, do. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, David, what should, we, what, wait, wait, what should we really be dealing with? That's a good question. What should we really be dealing with? We just had a major vote that luckily was taken down by the Republicans on a very bad tax thing. Guess what? My liberal friends weren't talking about that. They were talking about the frickin' NFL. But it they, did go down. It, it, did. it didn't, but it wasn't because people came up right, and made this protest. It was because a couple Republicans said, lucky. hey, what are we doing? People yeah. We got the, lucky. People were inside the Capitol protesting Grand Cassidy. I was just in D.C. and people were protesting. But certainly not very, not Why? nearly That's as much. I no. mean, I I, yeah, right. I saw the news the people were there. feeds, but they were like buried. Like literally, in my I news, I read a lot of news. You did or did not? Also, people just didn't take it seriously, yeah. Like, anyone was like... I I never... I honestly didn't open up that many articles because I was just like, that's not going to pass. It's not going to pass, yeah. If you've been paying attention to anything with healthcare and the But it could have. It could have. Well, it could have. It won't. But it did. I don't... uh, I think what Mitch McConnell did come out and say they're not bringing you up to vote anymore, right? Right. I think I heard that. We have a territory that's getting almost no support out in Puerto Rico. That's a big... It's not really getting much coverage. It's... It's, it's like, like yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah we're good. so that is a, there's a lot going on in this world, yeah. and there's the Russia investigation where we just had a a bipartisan agreement to prevent Trump from being able yes. to fire yeah. the person. But I had to look for I these. Didn't even know that, yeah. Oh, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. just happened, and that's buried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, it's perfect distraction, and that's Trump's game: distract, distract, distract. The sec and the media. I've actually listened to a media person say this. Trump will just go on a talk and then say something random out of the blue and then keep talking and you're like, wait a minute, I need to... Well, this has been the game of politicians for all of American history, too, though. It's not anything new. It's just yeah, it's like the, the, the famous whataboutisms, right? You know, like, yeah. well, what about this? Let's go ahead and talk about this. We uh, talked about that second. last time, about yeah, the idea exactly. of hitting, you know, there were black slaves, there were white servants, too, at the same yeah. time, and they were, that the elite were so scared that those two groups would bond together because they were way outnumbered. Yeah, let's go ahead, and speaking of um, other big issues that are going on, let's move on to Let's talk about a good old uh, Kim Jong Un. I mean, Kim Jong Un is um, is uh, it's an interesting character because there's there's a few characterizations going on here. Uh, we have a certain group of people are saying that Donald Trump is a mastermind by like not showing the hand and he, he's pretending to be some crazy guy that's going to go out there and nuke you know North Korea at any moment, and so they're afraid now. And then you have kind of this um, a military establishment saying that. United States ain't going to go ahead and nuke anybody. The, 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 the cost of starting some type of war um, with North Korea would be, you know, would be extravagant. It would be, it would be just uh, ghastly. And um, so, you know, we, we, we do have a standard protocol. We're working on this. Um, and then we have um, another group of people out there who are saying that um, to engage Kim Jong-il on this level is like, the brink of World War Three, mm-hmm. and and I don't believe any one of those narratives. I think there's a hint of truth in in some of it in each one of them. 
I do think that um, Donald Trump is trying to go ahead and, you know, play, um, you know, um, a, a wacky guy in a certain strategic way to scare Kim Jong-il. Is, it, is, there, is he doing it right? Is it working? Eh. I do think that there is some truth in um, the military kind of with our president aside working on this issue in a very standard way. Yeah. And, and, I, and I don't think that World War Three is going to happen, but I do think that there is some risk now of North Korea deciding, like, well, let's go ahead and uh, up Take the out end. Japan. You got, two, you got two leaders or narcissistic and crazy. Yeah. yeah. They both don't like... Put them in a room. They don't like being criticized. So the more you antagonize one leader, the more he's going to go more crazy. And more, and more that leader antagonized Trump, he's going to go crazy because they both are narcissistic. They are both they, they don't understand. As far as North Korea, uh, Korea is concerned, they don't care if they're a uh, third world war. They, you know, he's crazy enough to do it. He's crazy enough to shoot a, a, a hydrogen bomb over the Pacific Ocean. Do you realize what that's going to do? Yeah, that would do you have any idea? People would. If, we haven't the seen nuclear explosion in decades. He be threatened that, and if you, but if one country keeps pushing him and yes. pushing him, he's going to go ballistic. Eventually, one's going to go ballistic. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. What are you going to say, Kwaku? Okay, so Kim Jong. Yeah, I was going to say. First thing says, I really think like we can talk about. Just from what I see, it seems like he likes a lot of stuff about America. Like the TV right, shows, Dennis Rodman. Love some Dennis Rodman. What's his name? Love some Dennis Rodman, man. Like they can talk with him, and I feel like all these tests. I really feel like he's just saying it's the whole new thing is to protect himself from invasion. He saw I what think, happened in yeah. Syria. I think he saw what happened in Iraq, and that's why he's essentially flexing his muscles. Like, leave me alone. It's more so. Um, the way our president. Yeah, I, I really think it's more like him, because he saw what happened with countries that didn't have nukes, what the U.S. did. Mm-hmm. And it's more him just saying, look, this is what I've got. Don't even, don't even think about coming around here. I really feel like we can talk with him. We might have to make some concessions that we don't want to. But the way, we're, or the way I guess, our president's going about it with, you know, this, no, Posture, yeah, yeah. my daddy's bringing your daddy. <laughs> That so, not so the only person, the only country that can control him is China. Yeah. Sure, that's the only country. And, and if they don't want to do anything, this they, is going to go on and on and until something. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can, talk to him. Him. We can like, actually talk to him. Like, so there's there's an interesting talk that I listened to. A gentleman who just got back from North Korea and got to the reporter, yes, uh, got to speak to the North Koreans and the ambassadors and all of that. And the basic premise of the story and what he got back from them, they were, A, very worried. They were asking a lot of questions like, you know, can people override Trump's ability to do a nuke and stuff like that? From their perspective, and they've got pictures of nukes right beside their dolphins to kind of represent all the things that they can have now to show, you know, we have this. They learn from Gaddafi that if you go comply with the U.S. and give up your nuclear weapons, you are going to get assassinated. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he is not... We've painted this narrative of him being this... They continually play on their TV the 1950s where they were actually richer than South Korea and this 
really it's strong, so powerful hard. thing. It's just that's all they can chew on TV because the reality right now is that they're poorer than Haiti. So really all they want is to be recognized as nuclear program, not to do any damage to anybody, but, but just to keep alive. They feel they survived the devastation that we gave them before, and they feel they can do it again. Their, their subway system has bombed, or their whole subway system is a bombshell. Yeah. Right. And they feel that no matter what we do, they'll survive it again like they did the last time. That's yeah. not what the, the ambassadors sounded yeah. like. They because they were worried so he's about. Heard it oh, you've heard it different. The same that guy that came back. The, was the it a reporter? Like the yeah, it was the same reporter. Yeah. Well, he, so they he told them the that reporter. they feel they can they can renew it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just read it on two rational readers. These are two irrational readers. They're talking. Understand that? That's very important. My argument is that they are rational leaders that have had a narrative of them being irrational but it comes back to my original story Trump's a genius well hold on a second <laughs> hold on a second here so um, I, I do believe um, you know uh, that the United States military operates in a zero zero sum fashion where there's this approach of there are rational actors out there in every situation that want something and will protect something with their life and if we can just figure that thing out then we can go ahead and control the outcome and the scenario and there have been instances like the Gaddafi instance where um you know the domino effect was very obvious um after we decided to go ahead and um do certain things with that leader so yeah that is I think a scary thing that is out there and how our um military tackles things but I want to pose the question is is like What's, I mean, is there any, I mean, other way? I mean, I know, Kwaku, you said that maybe we need to go ahead and sit down at the negotiating table, go ahead and um, um, give some concessions and stuff up. And uh, but have we though? Have right, we? I don't think. I don't think uh, we haven't. We way. haven't given them one concession. No That's problem. Right. Yeah. That's you can't come to the negotiation table and say you're going to do this, right. and That's maybe we'll consider. We're not going to promise to take away this. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to give up his nuclear power. He needs it for safety. And this is another thing yeah. too, is that um the morale or, or, or the trust level is like non existent between these two nations. I mean, could we even sit down at Kim Jong un yeah, and look at him wait people. and look at him and like yeah. and at and talk with him and then go away at the end of the day and be like I think that he's going to stick to his word. You know, it's like, well, and, it and will Kim Jong, and, and will Kim Jong Il like really listen to us saying that? Like, yeah, the USA is they're going to go ahead and give us this stuff, whatever. They're liars. They're liars. I mean, I mean, it, it's like I, I don't know. I don't know what would come of us getting together and talking. Is like the trust level's not there, right? Well, the U.S. government's not like so terrified of war. We are because we're the ones who fight it. The U.S. government <laughs> yeah. is not. Shy about mm. they make yeah. It's not going to bankrupt. Right, I really think right. Talking. I really, I mean, obviously, I think I don't know. I'm not like a diplomat, but I was saying, yeah. why not? What else do we have to? Do? We've tried this way, and look where we are now. Mm -hmm. Why don't we just try something else? We're trying. But it won't slowly, work unless you put China in the equation. China. I mean, if it's just the United States, too, it's not going to work. China has to put the pressure sure, I mean, over And they don't want to And they don't want to do it. They yeah, we're talking the, pressure. We're actually talking the opposite route. We start to 
except the comp the the scenario that maybe Kim Jong Un isn't the villain that we've made him out sure. to be, He's and just he wants to protect himself. He's a dictator, but he wants the his people to actually look up to him, and he wants to protect his sovereignty. So oh, he's no willing man. to set up whatever trade. He, he, doesn't want to he does kill a lot of his own people. I mean, he's a president, <laughs> people, but at least he wants to keep them alive. I mean, he did tie like a guy, one of his generals, to like a rocket, and like he shot like a rocket at his general and blew him up. It was like there's some insane. And their life is, is look, look what he's faced. He's faced with South Korea. He's trying to you know, take over the, you know, eventually. So he has a war uh, in South Korea. He has a, a, a market base in South Korea. He is paranoid about all the what can happen because that's what happened. Correctly, the American invasion is going to happen because they want to. The guy's paranoid. He doesn't want. Does he, he have a right not to be? <laughs> like. <laughs> In terms of actual ability, he's a good dictator, but he's not a good person. He's not doing it out of the goodness of his heart. He's doing it to stay in power and to keep his country a country. And he's good at that, but he's not necessarily like really a nice guy. No, he's he has all A's in dictatorship in his yeah, he's he's, 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 and the economy's here, so I don't have to worry about my people rising I think that's up because they love me. Yeah, the people who are doing well, they can't do anything. They can't do anything. You know, they can't do anything. And plus, these people have been living in this squalor state for such a long time, it's like normalized Yeah, to they them. don't know any better. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, to, to go without is a normal thing. I mean, and so... Like on photos. Yeah, yeah. but is that real though? I, I, I heard that's, that's not real. I know. Not I actually actually heard that. I think there's some skepticism. There, there has to be. But yeah. I actually read a book from a guy who say that, and he's like, it's not. It's he essentially says if someone kidnapped you and held a gun to your head, you would do exactly. What, he's like, that's essentially like. Yeah, the that's, that's, that's what I think. Huh. Well, those, those videos of them when they were grieving Kim Jong Il, and they yeah. are screaming. Oh yeah, they have to. Yeah. Because whoever stops crying, you want to live. Yeah, that's a talented dictator. There, yeah. man, you, yeah, you're able to get that going. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. It's morbidly. I'm sure there are. There's some, like a yeah. party or what? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah. So the people who are not impoverished and starving, they're like, yeah, that's a pretty good guy. I guess. Right. You know, yeah, the military <laughs> class. I hear in the in in in, in North Korea, it's very like you know. But listen to the way we're wording it. We've made we've succeeded in our attempting to villainize this guy so much but he that we, is a villain. he is sure. a dictator who ultimately plays a lot of videos from the 1950s because he too would love to get back there now he in order to get there he has to be accepted you're right that he's doing this selfishly can we agree that Trump's doing this selfishly? Yeah, that course. Kim Jong Un's doing things sure. selfishly? Course, but at the yeah. end of the day, we want it to do something selfishly, where they build up the infrastructure because they want to stay there and keep doing yeah, things selfishly. Our, yeah, but our <laughs> government cannot just give them the power to create nuclear. It's not in our security. It's not in our best interest. Every leader has to be a little bit selfish to think like I'm going to be a good leader and I want to leave this country. But some people do that more. Good at the goodness of their heart than others. But, but if you're yeah. worried about the safety of your country, right? 
and you can create a bomb that you think will put you yeah. on an equal playing field exactly. with the other I countries. I can't blame them. And get you to the table to have good negotiations to build person. prosperity and be someone of respect. Wouldn't you want to be there? Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So that's what he's doing. But, so, but our country, know, he's not right. He's so, so, so in so other our, words, there's a clear misalignment of what we want. So before we would Trump, never, U.S. would never want that. that of course not. So before Trump started the talk, they were already talking with them about how they could be accepted as a nuclear power. This, yeah, these happened. That was the Iranian deal where yeah. we did that yeah, with another country. We did country. do that with Iran. And kinda. all we have to do is say, yeah, sure, we're not going to sell you the stuff. But, You're going to have rinky-dink little nukes, but if it's going to make you feel better... It's already too late as well. Right. Yeah, it's it's right. Like, it's like, it's, yeah. At least a little rational. That's what I'm saying. You can't quite work for Iran has had to play along for years to become a part... Because the leader of Iran, the people people have gone to Iran, they love Americans. They love Americans. They love American culture. The only... He has, Iran has nothing to do with, has a lot of issues with America because of what happened in the 50s. Right. The, the country that uh, should worry about Iran is Israel. Right. They That's the country they have to worry about. That's the only country that really Iran has actually said they want to annihilate. Right. They, they never said they want to attack, well, I'm just saying, they never said they want to attack America. Right. They never said they wanted that's all right. No. But they so did I'm just saying I'm not going to I think it is real yeah all my life. Not certainly the idea. So I understand that problem, but as an American, Israel's an ally, I agree. And Americans will back Israel if they were attacked. But Iran is not like North Korea. I'm talking about the two leaders. The Iranian leader has not threatened the United States. Sure. Never. Right. Okay. Never. Yeah. Kijun has. Okay, that's why the two yeah. leaders are completely different. You know, the Iranian like leader cares about his people. <laughs> you know, the people live a normal life. They, they do. You know? right. if you're, you know, people have said that. They're the most, you know, promote, you know, friendly people. If you go to Iran, they love, you know, it's a friend. It's not like Syria or Damascus. But in North Korea, is completely different. So the let's... leader is irrational. So... Deal with irrational man. All right, uh, all right. On that, uh, let's go ahead. I mean, we could talk about uh, you know Kim Jong Un and, and uh, Donald Trump all day. I mean, I do think it's a funny image to see like Donald Trump sitting down like in front of like Kim Jong Un, like talking to each other. Talks a lot, but when he's actually fake, like what he was talking about, drunk about Mexico, he's sitting next to the Mexican president. Don't tell him about the war. He's, he's a, fact, he's a you're brilliant. Yeah, he's a child, man. He's not Yeah. He could he's be charming, I think. Um, doing <laughs> okay, let's move on to um, like the universal basic income. Kyle, what do you think oh, about wow. that? Man? Okay. Switching okay. gears. Don't grab the table with this. Switching don't, gears. That's why I'm the table with this. Well, can you first like define what you would say? Like, what can we all agree on? Of the of like with the term. Yeah, well, the um, all right. So the idea that um, we're bringing up with this topic here is um, universal basic income, and the idea of, of like is um, this uh, a plausible path for economic growth of our nation right, right. and for something that will be beneficial to citizens? I had this discussion with my brother earlier, and what I'm saying is, when you say we're universal basic income, are you saying like 
a minimum wage? Or are you saying everybody, everybody gets X amount of money? X amount of money. Okay, that's all I'm saying. You get a check, that's different. Everybody gets Regardless of the amount. You get a certain amount that meets a certain need. There's a universal basic. Basic. Bill Gates gets the same check you get. So extremely socialist government. Oh. So there's no... There's no penalty for earning more. Right. You just get this. It doesn't, oh. it doesn't yeah. dissolve. So everyone any, gets $500 Something like that. So we're not going to go around the room because we don't got time to go around the room like that. But I, I'm just going to let Kyle lead off here and what your on, thoughts are. On, you know, like a humanitarian moral basis, of course, yeah, I would be all for that. But on a true sort of practical economic basis, I just don't think it's possible. Um... Because the amount of money that you would have to sort of be paying into that system, like where would the money come from? That's always the first question. And the amount of money that you have to be paying, people are, at this point aren't willing to pay taxes even though you get a nice road and you get firemen and cops and hospitals and like all these other things. We still don't want to pay. We, so I just don't see it happening. Do I think it's a good idea, like in terms yeah. of giving people basic, like, rations almost for access to food yeah because there's freaking people starving in the street with no homes it's just i don't think that we'll ever be able to reconcile those two things but yeah as a you know as a moral imperative definitely i would support that but the i don't see any I was, moral i agree with you moral reason. The, yeah. the reason i would support it is because eventually in years to come robots are going to take a lot of jobs yeah. the jobs are going and a lot of jobs right. are going to be that's the why it's coming that's the one issue and then people are I, you know, maybe 10, 15 years, automation is going to be completely taken over. Yep. And so, you're going, so you're not going to have workers, you know, employers going to be people out of work. So many people out of work. That's why I agree with it. Hey, We've been predicting that for so many decades, wow. like with the introduction of production of cars and the elimination of all of these things. Trail. We thought, and now Riders. we're still at a 4.9% uh, rate. To, to put it in real perspective... It's been studied in UK. It was actually voted on in Sweden, where 78% of people went against it after they saw how much their taxes would raise as a result of it. There was a the only case study we have is Finland, where they didn't show an increase of people. The logic is the logic on basic income is that if you incentivize unemployed people by saying you can still get a job and still collect unemployment, then it's going to work better. And they tried it in Finland and just didn't show that. The only positive thing they could say is that it eliminated a little bit of stress out of the 2,000 people who got to try its life. Because if you have more money, it's a little I don't, less stressful. I don't know if that... Mm. I, I, you're still incentivized to, to do better. I don't want... Yeah, because Not I don't want to live in... Well, hold on a second. Let I don't want to live in this one bed, this one room of home. Yeah, but I can. I can. <laughs> right, so I don't have to do anything. Right. And you can I, pay for me. But I can, but I, I want to live in a mansion. Okay. So I can still come up with products and come up with ideas, and I can still have a nice car, and people will still do that. Those people, you know, Bill Gates would still be Bill Gates. You think he wouldn't have done what he did because he could live without working in a one-bedroom apartment? But don't you think automation is going to No, I'm saying, but that's the other part of it. People are saying it is incentivizing people from working. No, I'm talking this is going to be like in the future. Well, hold on a second. So let's make it this. Hold on a second. Let me let me make this distinction here. Because Kwaku made a, made a good point here is that there's... Like I think we, what we're talking about is um, eventually in the future. Right. Um, I, I don't. I think, like Kyle well, said here, that it's not really realistic. Like right yeah, now in today's yeah. political and economic climate, for there's something to be, you know, a universal basic income. It's just not going to happen. 
like that. There would have to be some type of progressive slow and change. And what I do with that is things get cheaper. <coughs> things as things are more automated, things will get cheaper and free. But if you don't it's have like the work, work, it's, it's like work, GPS is free. Sure. Yeah. But if you don't yeah, have the money, the future will be like that. No, no, but the universal basic income will cover the things that you don't. Oh, yeah. But overall... People will not have jobs. Isn't the goal of automation to make things cheaper? Like that's literally that's the what I mean. So things will be yeah. cheaper. That that level of money will be lower that you'll need right. to live on. Yeah. So exactly. Well, so there's so much fiat on doing what that. you like to do, or you could do a job that benefits other people instead yeah. of going and toiling. Right. Eight, you know, 14 hours a day. You because could you do to something to that's artistic or something that 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 benefits other people and. Yeah. And we'll have new jobs as well. I'm sorry, this right, sounds like, like this coal, beautiful coal thing. Coal is going away, so we're losing jobs from coal, and we lost jobs before when you know, the trains were in a state. Yeah, when people lost their jobs driving horses or buggies, too, but like, there's always going to be changes. Yeah, like how many programmers were there 100 years ago? <laughs> How many chimney sweeps are there today? We can't speak about the future, so we have to speak about the now. And right now, all the studies have said it would be too expensive and the distribution. because I've listened to the economics saying the opposite. We can speak about the future. I mean, I don't know why we can't speak about the future. I mean, I, I think that there is, uh, you know, studying human history and economics and whatnot that uh, there, there, there is sufficient data out there to talk about maybe where things are projected to go. I don't think it's impossible to project this. You know, I, I, I think that, like, you know, we're saying, you guys are saying here is that, um, you know, cost is being reduced, things are being automated, um, but, you know, there's still the issue of, like, is there ever going to be, like, a, you know, a zero, you know, um, Unemployment, you know, or or um, you know, is is there ever going to be? Employment. I'm sorry, employment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Employment. So I mean, we, we, we can go ahead and talk about this and, and, and project it. I just want to go ahead and point that out. Any ideas? Any anything else? Anybody say? I'm I'm kind of more with Ed, and I'm a little worried about the singularity. I don't know if it's going to be happening the next 10, 15 years. But I really, I'd say maybe like let's say 50 years where. I mean, computers will be uh, a computer or a artificial intelligence will become intelligent, mm -hmm. and which then, oh man, I feel like we might be in some trouble. So, an interesting part is that the person who ironically created this entire subject on there will be 25% unemployment by 2030 because of machines was working on what's known as the chess effect, where you know, you start with a grain of rice on the first chess piece, double, 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 and once you start going, well, that's what we've seen from the 1960s till 2012. What we've seen now is a progression that is so drastically slow, like we're talking about the slowdown of the economy, because things have kind of gotten, they say that we're exiting the second industrial age, which means that we're not going to see these leaps and bounds. We're not going to go from rotary phones to iPhones Again, we've hit that kind plateau, of cross, so, yeah. so we're at a plateau right now. And until oh, the third, heard, I've heard different. That. But it just takes one. Yeah, yeah, we're in it the does. It does take. One. One. Yeah, they're still developing with, with like twice and stuff, five times every. 2013, 2014, 2000. I'm talking about the last five years. We have yeah. not had that exponential growth that we had from 1960 till 2012. But we did just come yeah. out of a great recession. I mean. 
I don't, you know. I, what about all the genome and all the scientific stuff that, and I mean, I could see, I could see us having to grow a different way because the Earth is changing and there are other things that might come up, and we are also getting more scientifically. Uh, uh, more advanced, not only from the computer, but like almost from the, the biology aspect of it too. Yeah. The design of babies, yeah, a little bit or a little borgy, <laughs> <Fishy. laughs> you know, yes. a little bit of a borg, and then how are you going to handle, you know, flooding of things? I think, I think we're going to have to make some. You know, I, I think that the biggest. The biggest thing to overcome when it comes to universal basic income and everybody being provided for is uh, really like the, the our mentality, the things that um, humans believe about the world we you know we we exist in. It takes a very long time for humans to go ahead and um, change our mindset about basic stuff, you know, really basic stuff like the whole concepts of um, you know of uh, relationships, you know, and reproduction and things like that. I mean, it's just, it's just very recent we're getting to the idea that um, a lot of, um, you know, certain customs with maybe marriage and stuff is, like, completely outdated. But we right. operated under those customs for hundreds of years. But only, so, but only some groups. Other groups have well, had other, years. you know, there's Chinese groups that have never been married, and they never married. True, but I think there's some fundamental like behavioral things that humans do and what we believe about each other that kind of like holds us back from that uh, from that ledge from that progression. Like um, like uh, a very Darwinistic mentality, I think, is shared among all humans, no matter where we're at. It's kind of like I'm gonna, you know, everything's a zero sum game. I'm gonna get mine, you know, before you get yours, and we're gonna fight it out to the death if necessary. And that's a huge mentality to overcome, especially you know? in America. Especially like, America. Yeah. some countries are more socialistic yeah. minded, yeah. whereas Americans are very. Or some just societies yeah. in history, like, yeah. right. um, existed in ways that, like, it was a given. You are born, you are entitled to basically being taken care of, regardless of what that meant. Mm-hmm. And yet, we don't have that in this country, and really yeah. not in the world now. But yeah, over history, there definitely were societies and cultures where the idea of currency even just didn't exist because yeah. you didn't deal in that. Yeah. It was it was. We all pitch in to farm this land, and we all get some of it. It was that simple. That's how simple survival was. That which was challenging, right? Mm-hmm. Now it's more like there's so many levels to like. Well, I own this, the means of production. If you want to go into Marx, like I own this, and you have to pay me to get it. Mm-hmm. That is a kind of like not I guess not new concept, but that wasn't the concept that existed in humanity. You right. also so maybe we'll have to go back between the upper and the lower class that exists either. Yes. Right. And that's where the border. That's why the owners and the, bigger, right. the bourgeoisie and the proletariat. Right, yeah. and it's getting wider and wider and wider. Yeah. That's why the basic income is 10, 15 years. Maybe it'll take some big world disaster. Have you guys heard of Adam Curtis? You know, famous BBC we'll uh, documentarian. Go back to farming and all that. That'd be great. Um, he came out with a documentary that I, I suggest all of you watch. It's amazing. It's called Hypernormalization. He's won so many awards. It's ridiculous. He's really, really good. Anybody else out there listening, go check him out. But um, he had, uh, he had, he was, 
I, I listened to a podcast where um, somebody was interviewing him. And uh, he was talking, he brought up this interesting concept. He was like, one of the, the, the major failures of, uh, of progress in human society right now is that there doesn't seem to be any vision of the future. At the forefront of society, being Western culture and stuff, there's a constant, a constant like, hearkening back to what was in the past. And everything from pop culture to movies and stuff like that, constant reboots, to um, um, serious stuff. You know, people trying to bring back all types of, like, um, originalist uh, interpretations of the Constitution and things like that. That there's this constant past reflection. And there's not much out there to talk about of, like, the human future. Right. Like, you know, what are we doing as people? And, so, you know, what, what can we do you know, as, as as humanity together in the future, you don't actually and, plan for it. Yeah, but, but yeah, right. well, but look at that. You know, I mean, like how how often do you hear that? And we're just kind right? of hoping that you know that, that, that yeah, things will just Which, we'll just plow through. Yeah. And yeah. another and another thing that you yeah. know he brought up was the idea of concept of like um, hyper uh, individualization. Yes. You know, this concept of um, the breakdown of collective action. Where um, we're all just we're all convinced we're individual actors, just you know, operating in the world, trying to get what we need, and um, somebody else is not a part of that. There's no um, real collective society, and um, and yeah, the whole idea of collective action and people working together for some type of future project, even small, even like building your own community, is like just being eroded, you know. And I think those are the things that's going to prevent us from getting to universal basic income. You know? That goes along with uh, people talking about privacy. Yeah. You know, there used to never be, there was never such a thing as privacy. You mm-hmm. lived in an Indian yeah. you know, village, you didn't have privacy you're, you're between your canvas tent and your neighbor. Everybody knew everybody and all of the goings on. Suburbia came, people started having their own. There wasn't homes. even personal property. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's it, a new idea. You know, in, in 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 overall history of the race, privacy was just a blip. Right. It's going to go away, but but they're holding on to it. Like you say, it's just me. It's what I want to do. Nobody has to know. Mm-hmm. It's all about yourself, not a village. That's why the cult, that's why the shift in that mindset is it seems so impossible, and I feel like I feel like it'll take some kind of well, necessity the, to make it happen. Yeah. Something it will have to it's do not it, gonna or we'll just be extinct. Adults, because we're already set. The, yeah. It has the focus has to be on the next generation because they're the ones who are going to grow up and keep moving forward. They're dealing with She's our next problems. Did you do that? Did you do that on purpose? <laughs> did you do that on purpose to lead into education? That's the solution. Population that's there that no one's really paying attention with. They're the ones that are dealing with these problems in the future, not us. Mm-hmm. This is true. So let's talk about education, education really quick, uh, Savannah. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I think. To me, I always think about the children when I think about the universal basic income because I really feel like if everyone's given a good education and good opportunity, they're not going to want to just bum around on their basic income and produce nothing. They're going to want a better society and do any kind of work that they love that's going to make society better. For the sake of each other. Yeah, right. It's, It's that community. They have that community again that care about other people. And so whether they're creating art or they're creating... I don't know technology, or they're or they're volunteering, or they're volunteering, or 
I think that's what you're doing the benefit of all. I, yeah, yeah. I have to say, but that can't just come from a good education. I think it Why has not? to come from because lots of people <laughs> it have helps. a good education and really don't well, have talking, no, a, good, a good education yeah. doesn't mean you're good at math yeah, and reading. No, 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 I'm not. I'm, right. Yeah, I'm just a good talking education about, means you learn empathy, you learn yes. how to work together, you have sharing in yourself, you know what helping you like each other. Montessori. You exactly. know how to look around and you see what needs to be done. Like just so many things. Respect for other people. Respect for your environment. Yeah. Not not that's an education. Just, yeah. Right, not a mainstream good education of today where you get all A's yes, and you right. go to Yale and you get a law degree yeah. and now cool, so you're it's educated. It's changing the thing, you're actually educating a person. Yeah. Yeah. A soul, if you believe in within a culture. Right, not academic. Well, it would vary a little bit based on culture because of where the child grows up. You're teaching them values. Culture is made out of values. Yes, mm-hmm. and you would teach them those values. So you're changing the culture by whatever culture well, the culture in America is to be self-centered. Yes. Well, well but you wouldn't be And you're a loser if you're not striving. Well, right. the next generation will teach you can, you know yourself, you would care for yourself, but you also care about other people. And you're changing my culture, you're changing my values. Well, good. Yeah. Which well, well, means I'm not saying... It means I'm not going to destroy the well, earth and yeah, automation and all these things. That's going to change. I like, think that's changing. I well, think that attitude is changing. I hope so, but we're not appreciative of the Indians. Not that, that do yeah, it. I agree. I agree. Right? The, the I, I don't think that's changing at all. The guys are very is that. It's going to be exactly. slow, but you know, you're in the hard time every day. People are more open to the world. I'm saying it is changing. They are. They're more global. What age do you think? Three to six years old. They're right with that. Keep going. That's cute. Formative years. It's not cute. It's really what matters. It's really it depends if they're when you present it in the right way, they love working sure. and being busy and they care for each other. Well, but it's still their foundation. Well, hold on a second. Let, let, let Susanna finish her. I'm sorry. Like, okay, continue. Children naturally love to work and learn and get to know each other and be nice mm-hmm. to each other and when they're put in this nice environment. And then it's almost like you don't have to force it. You don't have to tell them... Isn't it possible that's just human, that's human nature? Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually yeah. killed that's human That's how Dr. Montessori designed it. It's all about human nature. She started out as a physician, and as she kept giving them these things that she children would need, and she saw that they enjoyed, she saw that she called it society by cohesion. Mm-hmm. And it's something she didn't expect, but it's something that happened. Do we want to teach kids to be nice, nice, nice? It's not just about being nice. No, they're not being taught nice. to be a doormat. That's such a simple right. They're not being taught to be a doormat. Nice. Yeah. Good. The, they're actually okay. quite powerful. Yes, yeah, good. Of it is empathy, and it's realizing exactly. that you're a person, you're you're like me, you right. let you want what I want. You right. want to be happy, you want to yes. be loved, you want to have things you know. That's not like lovey-dovey, hold hands, like yeah. that's all. Yeah, right. it's yeah. not like you Having a strong core, you know, paradigm of values, you know, that, that, that you're it's built on, that you will protect, you but at the same time, you're not, you know, an asshole about it, you know, to, well, you to, to talk to people. Well, you not even have to be that protective about yeah. it. Like, I do think the human nature... Is like, altruistic. I think human nature enjoys actually being open and being... Safe. I do. It's and I too. Feels better. <laughs> if you travel, I think that yeah. people out there, you know, are willing to talk and be curious about each other. But you are taught to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it was safe, then maybe yes. Like Ever that. been and stuck? Have- <laughs> <laughs> Ever been stuck in a situation with like with, with a person you don't know, like a tough situation, like I don't know, like a bus breaks down, you're out in the middle of like you know, the, like yeah, somewhere by yourself or something like that. <laughs> Ever been like I don't know, stuck in an elevator or something with somebody you don't know, or you're in a situation where you, you actually you have to communicate with somebody that 
is outside of your your normal group. And you know, people do default to like coming together, problem solving, um, being altruistic, than uh, being like, you know, I'm gonna get my. But just think about the feeling that you get yeah. when you like see a little kid that's lost in the grocery store. Like you kind of. It's almost yeah, biologically built into you, like, oh shit, like that kid's yeah, lost. Like, I need to. Let me help him. That's yeah. a kid, like the human kid. That's it. Right. Exactly. So maybe the conflict because we're like, there's so much friction with our natural The devil's instinct. advocate here. Okay. I'm right, we think we've, we're all these things because we live in a um, secure environment. So we're able to act in a civilized but that's, way. That's true. When because you're we have laws in a good environment and, yeah. and you're safe and secure, and you get this kind of upbringing, right. you grow up. But this is what, you know, I think this, this is your natural condition. If you grow up in a war-torn area and you're right. starving and you see these things, you're going to have these, these traits. But those are things that you picked up that's not the natural state of people. Right. I believe that the natural... Lord of the Flies. Yeah, human nature. I guess human <laughs> nature is a strong word for me because I do believe um, it's... More pretty negative, <laughs> but with, with proper laws and structure and government and security and all that, we can rise. And I'm not that. saying these things are yeah. uncommon. It's definitely you can see certain traits come up really frequently: right. selfishness and saying someone's an other, and right. all these kind of things are really common. But I don't think they're the natural state. Well, it can be in our nature to do both. It just depends mm-hmm. on the circumstances. So neither of them are nature. We, that's nurture. If we fine, that's whatever. It's just the word then. If that means then, as a society, we have to agree to nurture each other if we want the society to look that way. Or we can have war torn areas and then we're going to be like we are now. So, so it's a decision then. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, is it Dostoevsky that said the line between good and evil lies in the heart of every man? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So really, it's a lot of nurture as well. Like, um, let's say someone that grows up and does just terrible things. That was in that person. But it just happens so that you take that and then you put them in an environment that encourages that, and then you end up with this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That. what will change is when more and more people from the U.S. start traveling to go and go overseas yeah. and visiting other communities that you know, like Asia or whatever. You'll see, they'll see a perspective they never saw before, and that could, that changes a lot of minds. Yeah. One of the things I love doing in the classroom is talking sure. about... Go to Africa or go to Asia. It's yeah. completely different. I mean, you'll see the nurturing. You see, like, parents and, and children idolize their parents. They're, they don't shut them away. They, they, the parents are the key to a family. And they work for their parents. Like, they don't retire. Yeah, because their parents is the whole fabric of their community. But should they? I don't know if that's... No, I'm just saying, you see the humanistic part of a person when you go overseas. I know I saw it when I go overseas. What if their parent was a terrible person? Well, I'm sure there are, but I'm sure the majority of the the kids overseas still stay... It's it's ingrained to them that their grandparents or parents or their their social fact, they they put them on a pedestal. Sure. Very rarely is a, a Oriental family abusing a child. It's rare. I mean, it happens, but it's very, very rare. But bringing it back... I don't to know about African countries, but I'm talking about Asian countries. Sure. Because I travel throughout Asia. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just not necessarily certain that it's necessarily right to just hold your parents up almost blindly. Like, hey, this is my mom. Everything she says is Because I picked up a lot of good things from my parents, but I also picked up a lot of my bad habits. Yeah, but I'm talking about, like... <laughs> 
you know, when they, they are they sick, they're going to accept it no matter what. They don't put them in nursing homes like we do. They live in, with the family. They live, they, you know, they, culture. Um, yes, you, know you have to be rich to have your family. But most sure, sure. Here, the parents want to be away from their kids. I mean, that's why I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, they, yeah, they want their individuality. Well, the same thing, same thing, and vice yeah. versa. Parents want their children out of the house yeah. in the United but States of America. Yeah, like 18. Sure, sure. But not, not in Asia. Yeah. It's completely different. Right. Yeah. In Asia, the, the children bring their parents in, in their house. Let, let's let's go into the Eskimo trade if we want to go that. Right. Hey, let's, let's leave them to die. We can't afford to feed them anymore. I mean, there are more extreme. To go back to the, the education Japanese part of all of this, the counter-argument to monastery and really any privatization of schools, yes, if you throw money, absolutely privatization. Absolutely does. No, it does not. Okay. Smaller classrooms, able the resources to be able to go. So hold on, let, 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 let him finish the, the, the resources to be able to learn in your way, which is the learning to the monastery school. Montessori. 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 You know perfectly well English is like my fourth language. Right, <laughs> um, all of this stuff, A, hasn't shown any research that it has an overall positive effect on the person as far as school. You can look up the numbers. I looked them up before coming to school. Yeah. There's there's studies that longitudinal. I guess I haven't in your specific school. There's public school systems in I think Wisconsin that have tracked the children through elementary school to see how they're doing and thinks about like um, theory of mind and executive function, not just like math and reading. Okay. Well, we. I haven't studied your exact school. school. I'm thinking public versus private in general. The numbers aren't there. And if you were to spend more money on kids, in general, things can go up a little bit, but only a tiny bit. But it depends. So Actually, you could depends on what area you want public in a schools. traditional public you school, take, and there's you take no public schools out of rural areas or black or undeveloped areas, that's what drives those numbers out. But if you take public schools like Gwinnett County or you know, Cobb County, you know, they're, they're really good schools. They, they right. get good education. But what drives those numbers is the if kids go to black schools, like uh, you know, like where books are not there and there, there's a high crime rate, that that's what drives those You're numbers not up. Because you're going to take it from my property tax, yeah, and I live in a shitty tax. neighborhood, then my school's going to be shitty. Mm. Yep. Oh, but, right? If I live in a rich neighborhood, my school's going to be a good school. Education thing. or healthcare should be a private industry. I just don't think it should be private industry. But I think we need to have more focus on education because if we had some more money, exactly. it would certainly be easier. Sure. And yeah, more, I, yeah. I don't know. I think some people can't not teach afford to go to private school. It, and kids who do don't necessarily end up better, but that's relative to your area. I will agree, for example, poor areas are going to get a crappy education, and that's partially just the environment. Yeah, I was about to say that that's a that's a massive intersection there that I think that people don't talk about a lot when it comes to education is that it is like the environment you're in. If you are in a poor neighborhood and, um, you know, your mother or father has to work, you know, double shifts every night in order to make it by. And so, you know, you're not getting the attention at home. Yeah, you're not you even gotta, breakfast. You're not, you know, maybe you're not even home. You're running around with other kids on yeah. the street and stuff like that. Then, you know, you go to school, you're not going to value it as much. So there's a right. huge environmental factor when it so comes to making sure our, our, uh, yeah. that is true, too. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think that 
the, the, the environment does help. You live in, you know, suburbia Gwinnett County and stuff, and, and um, you know, you, you got a good neighborhood and stuff around you, you can, you can yeah, go ahead and take it. those kids from that poor neighborhood and bust them to a nice school and a nice neighborhood, they do better. That's the only exactly. thing that makes you exactly. But you've got a new so environment, too. Right, but their home environment is still That's true. Right, it's not their home environment, it's their school environment. Well, everyone's working hard. Well, it's their home environment, too. Yeah, but, but their home environment doesn't change. You bust them out to a school in a middle, in a white, upper middle class neighborhood, mm -hmm. and they all do better. Well, they know, all do yeah, better, but are they doing? Are but are they doing as well as the kids who've been there maybe right. their entire life? Yeah, I'm probably not. not. Sure it's a, probably not, because they have to still go back home to that environment, to and you know, so. Like, I may yeah. never wanted to go to college, but if everyone was going to college, yeah. then I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to go to college. Because I'm 17. I don't want to do anything. Well, I never considered not going to college. It just, like, wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't at all. For me either. For me, too, is, like, uh, my family was like, yeah, that's what you're doing. That's what I'm Really? That's awesome. Whereas Angie came from an environment where she had to fight because she's the first person in her family to go to college. Yeah, right. There's something, something motivating. Yeah, I was. I mean, I'm from rural Arizona, rural Southern Arizona. I was the first person in my family to go to college, and I did because. Yeah, I'm the first person in my family to finish. My mother, she. I just moved there. I think I think higher education is going to be becoming increasingly uh, less important in its current form. Like change. And this was a big change. Maybe they don't know how. Yeah. yeah, they don't have the independence and like, those more trade-oriented things that Montessori right. teaches. Yeah. Yeah. The whole idea of Montessori is like a complete conceptual change of what education should yeah. be. Not mm -hmm. it changes the definition of what a good education is. We can't have this discussion about good education and who's successful and well-educated without that culture change of the whole like we should all be empathetic with each other to start with, right? It's the only good school. Like there's other. There's other good ideas out there. There's other systems that have good ideas, and they're implementing. You know, now that there's a lot more research, they're implementing more things in other schools that are, you know, different methods that work. This isn't working. This is working following individual children. Changes to special education. Like all this stuff. But we have to do something because what we have this industrial model of this turning out. Yeah. Yeah, it's awful. It's getting worse. Yeah. It's still also the cost of higher education. Oh. Trust me, I'm yeah, I'm 23. I just finished grad school. And I'm in the world of her. My 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 grace period ends in November, and I have to pay all the money for the rest of my life. So yeah. terrible. You know what? That's the thing about public higher education too. There's this increasing mentality. I think of people who are coming out of school where they like don't even care to pay it back. It's like it's one of those yeah. things. It goes away when you die. So like, well, it, right. well, it's one of, that's that that shows you the state of like education. There's like Sad. zero faith in like people believing that, hey, I'm getting this money because this is going to help me actually do something. Right. It's more of like, I need to get the, these loans in order for me to, like, make it on the most basic form in yeah. American yeah. society. Good luck getting a basic like, job know, without a bachelor's degree. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, so people just get the loans and they're like, you know what? It's going to happen more of our people. Like, you know what? Whatever, man. Tear my credit up. Don't even care. You know. Which you know what that's going to lead to is a big economic. Yeah. Garnish my wages. Do whatever you need to do. Yeah, and yeah, it's going to happen. It's, it's going to happen. People just don't care about it because there doesn't seem to be 
any kind of mo- mobility slowing in the United States, I think, comparatively to previous generations. But good conversation, guys. Anyway, yeah. What's the, I, uh, uh, the next one, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of getting more used to just letting kind of the news yeah. cycle. Yeah. Just I mean, you can trust that we so plan to talk about Something bad will happen in the next three weeks. <laughs> Let's talk about it. But, um, I mean, I, I do like to have, like, you know, at least maybe one overarching type of uh, topic or theme. I missed that AI one we had, and that's, like, a big... Yeah, you want to find it out? I'm stressing out about AI... Yeah, there was some um, interesting second AI yeah. <laughs> like um, with uh, the whole machine learning, you know, and Facebook oh, and yeah, stuff like that. Language. Having those um, two, like the Facebook had that AI that was like talking to each other yeah. in the language they created yeah. and invented yeah. yeah. on their own. That was that's creepy. Yeah, trying to kill each other. Each other, yeah. Straight away. Yeah. So okay, we can put that on there as like our kind of you know overarching big theme in case that happens. Nothing, nothing happens the next couple weeks. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everybody. Y'all have a good night. Oh, yeah, that's thank you for listening. Bye. Damn, man, we covered a lot of ground, didn't we? I mean, we did the damn thing. We went through the NFL protests, the UN summit, universal basic income, the U.S. education system, and a bunch of things in between. That was a great conversation. I love that one, and I hope you guys liked it, too. We'll be back with another one here soon, where we go over the Las Vegas shootings, and we talk about AI, artificial intelligence, and we get into what I like to call death and taxes. And that one should be just as good. We're slowly improving over here, getting better and better and better with these podcasts, with the content we're putting out, and hopefully with the audio. I do have some plans to go ahead and upgrade my equipment here so we get things sounding nice and uh, crisp for you guys. But alright, I think I talked a lot in the intro, so I'm going to go ahead and keep this short. Please go ahead and like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, You can find our group on uh, Facebook, The Exchanges Podcast. Um, You can find the Meetup Group, Current Issues Discussion Group. And if you are in the Atlanta area, uh, north of the perimeter, Feel free to come out and join us and have a great conversation. I'll see you guys next time. Adios.